we've got two more of these after this one. That's <laughs> <laughs> a lot of death wish. <sighs> what was I thinking? No fucking no, man. I just want to die. That's my wish of death. <laughs> you have this oh, fucking anal retentive OCD need to do on every anniversary do a franchise fest. And this time you decide a death wish. Why? I like doing the full franchise fest. I just death wish all this rain. <laughs> Why am I doing this show, man? <laughs> Jesus, are you all right over there? <laughs> no one will buy our shirts and I can't afford the equipment replacements we need. <laughs> I can't do this. Maybe, <laughs> do you need me to talk you down from a ledge or something? <laughs> I don't even know where this ledge came from. I'm just standing on I it know, all I'm, of a sudden. It's a bit weird. We were in a basement before and now you're at a ledge. <laughs> I don't want to do this, I man. I didn't even blink. Oh, wait, I'm not doing the notes, am I? No, you don't have to do the notes. I'm doing the notes. Oh, well, fuck. Let's start the show then. Anyone who isn't dead or from another plane of existence would do well to cover their ears right about now. Garbage people. Cinema Psyops. My personal view is that it's nauseating, disgusting, degrading, ghastly, stupid, truly unwiolistic, and generally nauseating. They are unbelievably nauseating. They are the antithesis of humankind. I regard them as disgusting, nasty, horrible, without any kind of merit. I just do not believe that any allegedly cultural activity which strikes at the roots of culture is to be applauded. They represent nothing, to my mind, enduring, decent, or worthwhile. I just do not believe that they contribute anything worthwhile to inflict themselves upon society at large. I would like to see somebody Psyops with Hort and Matt. Hello, Pally. At this point, I'm starting to just wish that I was dead. That's how it's going with this series for Death Wish. I got another me in the studio. How you doing, Pally? Hey, Pally, I gotta tell you, I want some of those drugs I keep reading about. I don't... Just to get through the rest of this fucking series. I don't know what's going on here, but I don't think you should be doing a drug named after a part of your own ass. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> hey, listen, it's not just... It's crack cocaine, not just crack. I'm a high-class homeless guy. Hey. There's nothing high-class about doing crack, Pally. Ali. <laughs> Don't you know that drug kills on the very first try? Just say no. <laughs> I'm going to say just say yes, Pally. Because, you know, this movie was made in the middle of Nancy Reagan's America. Can, which, we, just, can we just talk about that for yeah, just a yeah, brief yeah, moment? Yeah, yeah. oh, because does this not under my fucking movie, man. Does this not feel like it was partially funded by fucking anti-drug councils? Fucking Reagan, you know, where the other movies is all about, like, the we feel like the NRA paid for the first three movies. This is I the, think this uh, yeah. movie was like the anti-drug folks and Nancy Reagan were like, fuck it, we're going to make a movie about, we're Death Wish movie about drugs. Let's just fucking throw all the money we can at Canon and have them do an yeah. anti-drug movie. And, and, I mean, and throw in every cliche about drugs you possibly can. All the more fear-mongering you can. Coincidentally, all the songs that I picked for this uh, this particular show uh-huh. have something to do with cocaine or drugs in, the, awesome. in general, so we're good to go there. Yeah! <laughs> I have a lot to do about cocaine, too. 
<laughs> That's a six foot line of cleanser you just sniffed. Ooh, ooh I feel tingly. <laughs> the world's alive. <laughs> My heart stopped. <laughs> Speaking of your heart, man, that yeah. we got real real on the last episode about yeah. that. You yeah, know, on my... episode two, and and we've already recorded three. So I mean, yeah. we, we this kind of feedback popped up shortly after two was released, and we had already recorded three. I get some feedback about that. About yeah. the heart shit. Really? Yeah, there's a lot of people that were like, I hope you're going to be okay, Matt, and everything. And it's like, he's okay. The heart uh, checked out. They must have missed that part. They must have missed that part. Yeah. yeah. Hey, guys, listen, if you're listening, everything checked out fine. My EKG was good. Uh, my blood work was good. And uh, my x-rays all came back negative. So it's just your blood pressure is your concern, but it's uh, not It's not like detrimental yet. You just yeah. have to watch it and bring it down, I have to down, watch right? it, and I got to start losing some weight for real, real. Not, not fucking goofing off anymore. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They're going to put you on blood pressure meds for it yet, or is it not um, that bad yet? Not yet, but I need to go back into my regular doctor to see if that needs to happen here soon. Okay. So, yeah, okay. That, that is something that's going to happen. Well, I'm only doing this because the listeners are concerned about you. Yeah, I you don't, don't give a shit. I know you don't care. That I knew this is the listeners. You, Will you, you drop dead on the air this. with me? If the answer is no, then I don't care. <laughs> what if the answer is yes? That's like a ratings grab. <laughs> Catch the last show. Matt dies. <laughs> I don't really want that to happen. Uh, I mean, because I would evacuate my bowels all over this chair, your carpet, in this room. Well, that's the part that I have a problem with, yeah. is you I leaving mean, a mess behind. Oh my God, and I will More too. so than what you normally do <laughs> while you're sitting in here. Yeah, trust me, it will be bad. <laughs> <laughs> well, you are the most full of shit person I've ever met exactly. in my life. So yeah, I can totally see that. You'll be swimming in a river of shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to put an adult diaper on you and shove the cotton up your ass like it'll they do like, for execution when people. When you leave this room, it'll be like you just like were in a porta potty that tipped over. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, the compressors aren't working so great, so you gotta drop okay, that back sorry. just a little bit. Don't put your mouth into the mic when you scream in it. <laughs> you heard that distortion, right? Yeah, I know. Yeah, it can't keep up with us anymore. All right, all right, they're right. having a hard time with it because they're failing. <laughs> Man, we've put these things through the rigor. Yeah, well, I'm gonna try and get them fixed. They're uh they're they're capable of being fixed, but the problem is I need a backup compressor before I can do that. And luckily, we actually got enough money counting the money that actually came in from the shorts I ordered yeah. my own shirts so yeah of course some of the money that came in there from that actually was mine but I didn't really bother with it but we got enough funding to cover pretty much half of what it would cost for a new or a used uh, compressor from uh, DBX so that, nice. that should help um, you know at least I'll have a backup right. and hell if they sound good then I'll have even more compressors to do stuff with when the other ones get repaired so exactly yeah but we gotta we gotta treat these nice and, and kind of walk around them I'm a little sorry. bit <laughs> I'm so sorry. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> you are such a dork. <laughs> I got no transition on that. We're no, just going to take a, a break here. Yeah, why we're not? Gonna, we're going to play a promo for another podcast. We'll uh -huh. have a little bit of music befitting of drug abuse. Yes. Why is it always abuse? And when we come back, we will have the trailer for Death Wish 4, The Krakening. <laughs> This is not a test. This is the Psychosemantic Podcast. Announcing the commencement of the annual purge sanctioned by the U.S. government. Weapons of class four and lower have been authorized for use during the purge. 
All other weapons are restricted. Government officials of ranking 10 have been granted immunity from the purge and shall not be harmed. A few days ago, I called the news the enemy of the people, and they are. They are the enemy of the people. We have Ben Jacobs. That's the Guardian Politics, movies, political movies. The Psychosemantic Podcast, better known as the Psychosemantic Cast. Shot your woman down. Yes, so yes, my name is Billy Lee. If you've got a warrant, you better read it to me. I shot her down because she made me slow. I thought it was her daddy, but she had five more. I'm not sure if this is about cocaine abuse or infidelity and the retribution thereof. <laughs> Either way. It's a good song. That was nice. Who was that? That was actually George Thorogood. I think it's a George Strait song, though. Oh, okay. I know it from when Johnny Cash played it on the Folsom Prison album yeah. that he did where he played live at Folsom Prison. Uh, yeah. That's where I know it from. Okay. And, you know, where Johnny Cash's voice is breaking and he still fucking rocks that song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's good stuff. You've never heard that before? I've never heard that. Oh, wow. Cocaine, yeah. Cocaine Blues is a great fucking song. Nice. Yeah, I've been waiting for somebody to do a punk rock fucking crazy cover of it, but I don't know if one exists. Uh, yeah. I'm sure, like, somebody's shouting at their potosphere right now. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Of course it exists. God damn you, Cord. Someone did it. Their name is... Please insert name here. <laughs> so if you know of it, please let me let, know. Let us know. We'll yeah. edit this shit in to say... Hey, the- <laughs> Obviously, the band is, insert name here. <laughs> I, or I'll just leave all this in because yeah. I've lost all hope to live. <laughs> well, well, You know what I've lost all had... hope to live because of, Matt? What's that? This trailer. Oh, God. Two kids looking for a new thrill. Hey, just like I promised. Yeah, sure. But this time, the thrill went too far. Crack has claimed another victim. Dealers are making up their own rules, and no one is able to stop them. Somebody has got to crack down. Who are you? Death. Charles Bronson in the biggest death wish ever. They have to be stopped, cousin. Death Wish 4, The Crackdown. 
spent a small fortune buying information on the major drug dealers in Los Angeles. I'll handle this my own way, no interference from you. He's working to destroy the drug empire. It's either him or us. Now, Bronson is their target. The trap is set. Here he comes. The fuse is lit. Bronson is unleashed. Charles Bronson, Death Wish 4, The Crackdown. Yeah, oh. the crackdown. <laughs> oh, joy. All right, we find ourselves in a parking garage, and there is an attempted rape of a young lady by three masked assailants. Kersey shows up, and when the men go, who the hell are you? He says, death. And he proceeds to blow them all away. Did you have a feeling that this was tacked on? Maybe it was hammered in, because they never followed through with this, like, ideal for Kersey. Because anyway, he flips over one of the dead assailants, and all of a sudden, it's Kersey's face. Yeah. And they're pulling off an Empire Strikes Back where, oh my God, you're becoming what you hate or you fear you're becoming what you hate because he wakes up and it was a nightmare. I'm pretty sure that he has not mugged and or raped anybody. He's just a horrible murderer. It's true, but maybe that's what he's feeling, all the violence in his brain. Now, if you think, wow, this is going to lead to a growing conflict within Kersey for the rest of the movie, nope, I'm going to spoil that for you. We're never going to mention this again. It's over. Yeah, this is tacked on. It's, it, it's so tacked on. And it's I, over, folks. I hate to say it, but it's it feels like it's stacked on because they're like, you know what we haven't had? We don't we don't have a brutal beating and or rape of a female. Yeah, that, yeah, that's probably, they're like, we need to get that in there. How do we forget to do it? Oh, yeah, Michael Winter had nothing to do with this one. Exactly. <laughs> I've been taking phone calls from Nancy Reagan all day just to make sure we hammer the drug point home. <laughs> we got distracted. And I love how you don't describe how they beat the shit out of the woman, too. It I was wasn't going to do it. It was. It oh, was fucking horrible. Fuck. And I'm not going to go into it. We need to at least comment on yeah, how I, brutal that was. It was fucking bad. It was horrendous. It was really fucking horrible. It was really brutal. Oh, that was. It was a bad. It was bad. Anyway, uh, Kersey wakes up. We see he is still in LA and now he has his own architecture firm. A young lady named Erica comes in and she is showing Kersey all her drawings like because she wants to be, I think, an aspiring architect. She seems rather manic and Kersey seems to pick up on this asking if she's all right. Uh, Kersey does seem to like the drawings and then he gets a phone call from the mother of Erica, her name is Karen, and she is also a reporter. So Kersey like has something of a type after his <laughs> first wife perished. It's like no, nothing it's, but it, reporters. It's not that Kersey has a type. It's that essentially what happens is they figure out what has been working in these films, yeah, and then and they, they carbon fucking copy. I'm them. talking in the aspect of the movie. Oh, the actual the character. Yeah, the character. Well, he seems to like liberal leaning, well educated blonde women. Very expressive blonde women. Yeah. Preferably with an English accent, like his wife, Jill Ireland. Yes. <laughs> and, you know, all this after his first wife uh, was, you know, horrifically murdered in 1975. <laughs> or four, whichever one that happened in. I remember. It was five. They even say it in this movie, it was five. Oh, he says 1975? No, uh, the cop says it when they were investigating all this stuff. <laughs> I'll believe it when I see it. Movie. <laughs> Your timeline's all screwed up. No, I, I. it's not even a clip. I just remember him saying in 1975 his wife was murdered. No, I'm not saying that you're wrong. Oh. I'm saying the movie's probably wrong. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. Uh, um, anyway, uh, she had just done an article on battered wives, and Kirstie said how much uh, that, uh, you know, 
know, it affected him and that she did a great job on the art. Um, dinner that night, Erica is going out with her boyfriend, which, you know, Kersey's looking outside when they're getting in the car. Uh, well, first of all, Erica makes a real offhanded comment saying like, you know, if I'm out of the house, I don't know why you two are leaving it. And I was just like, dude, Jesus. Wow. You're going to be settled the fuck down over there. <laughs> the hell's wrong with you? It's her not so subtle way of trying to tell her mother she's been sexually active for ages. Yeah. 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 But it's like, you guys like should bone or something, I guess. It's just like, whoa, hey. Kersey's new love interest. Did you recognize her from anything when you I first not, saw her? I did not know. Um, she's pretty, I mean, she's been around for quite a few TV shows and everything. Uh-huh. The thing that I know her from is not even her face. It's more her voice. Uh-huh. She was American made in the Tick cartoon back in the day. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Uh, she's probably most well known for being married to uh, David Cassidy for a while. Huh. <laughs> yeah. But she's done a lot of TV. She's one of those ladies that pops up in like movies and TV, but she does like guest appearances and stuff like that. Never really had like a big solid like series career or anything mm-hmm. like that, but just, you know, was the supporting character in a lot of stuff. So yeah, I just didn't know if you'd seen her from anything, but as American made, that's pretty much the most prominent thing that I can think of that she did. Yeah. All right. Well, anyway, um, but anyway, Kersey doesn't seem to particularly like her boyfriend. He doesn't seem approving. Well, he looks out the window when she yeah. picks him up and the guy lights a joint right there out on that's the street. Right. Yeah. He hands it to the girl and the girl's doing it too. Yeah. Now you can see where his zero tolerance for crime policy doesn't extend to his surrogate daughter's pot smoking. Well, it's really hard to get laid if you kill the your girlfriend's daughter. All right, just saying. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah, I mean... <laughs> I mean, I, I just think, you know, Kersey knows which side his bread is his uh, bread is buttered on. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know from personal experience that is something that happens. Wow. Okay. <laughs> uh, anyway, we end up at, like, um, the docks, you know, the, I forget what that's called. It's like, you know, in L.A., the, uh, it's like the docks, but they have amusement parks on them. You know, it's a shore park, whatever. I don't even know the fucking name of it. <laughs> anyway, they're there. Um, <laughs> boardwalk. The boardwalk. There you go. Thank you. Jesus, that's been fucking with me for like a day. <laughs> I'm just sitting here like he's good. It's gonna get it. He's gonna get it. Nope. Watching the gears turn anyway, in your head. It is just are, not happening. They're at the boardwalk to score some of that sweet, sweet cocaine. <laughs> God loves it. Anyway, uh, while her boyfriend makes the deal with drug pushing Tuvok. That's right, drug pushing Tuvok <laughs> from Voyager. That's how I. I you might have a name in this. I never refer to. It. He's drug pushing Tuvok. Okay, all fair right. enough. Anyway. Uh, which is like, uh, how many Star Trek people have been in all the movies? There's like, been a lot of Star Treks. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Although we've only had a representation of Geordi LaForge with Rapey LaForge. We yeah, haven't yeah, had actual. Yeah, we didn't. The number one, there was no Star Wars people or Star Trek people in it. But yeah, uh, uh, but I think two had one. Three definitely had one. Counselor Troy. We nicknamed a guy, but he wasn't really. Two is the one where we. Oh, okay. So yeah, really, three yeah, actually had Counselor yeah, Troy. Yeah. In it. yeah. No, I'm just saying. Uh, all right. So uh, uh, one of the main dealers. Uh, he takes Erica aside and gives her some special K. Um, what he calls something special, but it's it's just crack cocaine. So right. It's, it's it's the added you know little push and says he's just, hoping to get her hooked on the shit so she'll fuck him for more. Probably because he's even like you know hey don't go telling your boyfriend I gave you just enough for you. She goes all right and you'll be like it's our little secret. So she's she's returning the flirt. I don't I don't know if this 
his boyfriend's anything so serious to Erica. You know what I mean? I think Erica's a a woman of just, she's going to do what she's going to do. You know, she's going to have fun. You get the feeling that they've been kind of doing coke together. And that's why she was all manic when she went to visit Kersey. Yeah, she's definitely been doing coke for a while. This ain't the first. Obviously, it's not the first trip to the boardwalk to get coke because the drug dealer fucking knows her by name. Yeah. (laughs) And the guy has a pretty good inclination that he can get her hooked on crack and then turn her into his own personal crack whore. Possibly. Anyway, then we come to Kersey and Karen talking, and that is our first clip. Movie starts at 8.30. Two-hour movie. It means we can get back here before Erica gets home. Good. What do you think about that boy, Randy? Well, he, um, he does well in school. He's a nice kid. Why? I was just worried about Erica. I feel toward her like she were my own daughter. That's nice. She feels the same way about you. She loves you. So do I. And I love you both. We better go or we'll miss the beginning of the movie. No, no. <laughs> you are not getting out of this conversation that easily. We've been going out for two years now. And... You want a commitment? Yeah, I would like that. Hello. The phone call is about Erica. Um, we uh, get the sense Erica has OD'd. Uh, Mom and uh, uh, Karen and Paul get to the hospital where they're told that, uh, yes, yeah, she's had a drug overdose. Uh, she does the typical, not my daughter. My daughter doesn't do cocaine. Yeah, this feels like an after school special with incidental Paul Kersey. Uh, uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. All of it. Um, <laughs> Erica then dies of a coke overdose. Uh, oh, before Erica completely exits the film, did you recognize her from anything? I did not. When she was younger, she was the Audrey Griswold in the National Lampoon's Vacation. Oh, no shit. Yeah, same actress. Yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah, I can see it. I can see it. Yeah. yeah. I thought yeah. I thought maybe you would recognize her I in did. That. I, I thought I like she had one of those faces where I was, I didn't think of that. I just thought, oh, sure, I'd probably seen her in a horror well, movie or something in, before. In your defense, she's not in the film for very much so where you can <laughs> no. really develop any kind of care or concern about whether or not she dies. Yeah, I really didn't care that she was dead. I didn't feel any sort of attachment to her at all. I think the only thing you were really worried about was whether there any crack left over after she OD'd. I was like, how much crack cocaine did she waste when she died? Because she probably dropped it someplace on a dirty fucking floor. <laughs> Not that but you it doesn't matter. It I'll still fucking it. do it. Give me some of that crack cocaine! <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, back to your notes. Sorry. Whew, I'm better. All right. Um, later on, we see Kersey. He follows Erica's boyfriend uh, back to the boardwalk. Uh, the boyfriend is royally pissed that Erica has OD'd. And uh, Paul follows. Uh, That's a the... place he keeps his vagina. It's gone. Uh, I know, right? Jesus. <laughs> He probably feels guilty. He's the one that oh, introduced course. her to the drugs, I'm sure. So it's well, probably I mean, why he's he going after He attacks the, the main dealer, JoJo, and he is going crazy on him, saying he's going to call the cop, and you're going to be dead just like she's dead. He's pissed. So JoJo does all he can do and stabs the motherfucker right in the gut. I actually really like the actor's portrayal at how pissed off he was and yeah. all the things that he was saying about how he was going to do, you know, he's going to report yeah. him, he's going to call the cops and everything. He's cop. just like, you were begging to have this guy kill you. You should yeah. have done that in public. He's blinded by people can see you yeah <laughs> or instead of like announcing to him that you're gonna do that just do it <laughs> yeah just go do it you just go do it like yeah. tell the cops and then you know let them take care of it then you probably wouldn't be stabbed at the boardwalk uh paul yells out hey because apparently everyone wants to let jojo know that they're there to get him no one wants to surprise jojo jojo must be a really nice guy because everyone wants to give jojo a chance to fight back well he needed jojo to look up so he had a better shot at his head well there you he go, was hunched it. over and yeah. he needed to stretch out the 
vitals, so he had better shot. Well, Jojo runs, and Paul gives chase to him. As they are climbing up right about where the uh, bumper cars are, Paul shoots Jojo, and he falls backward on top of the go-part, uh, go-kart, or go-karts, uh, bumper cars, electrocuting himself to death. <laughs> okay. To the death. That's what happened. Yeah, but Kersey's little tiny gun puts a gigantic fucking hole in the well, guy, Well, yeah, too. that too. That's uh, That was a small caliber gun for causing such a big hole. Yeah. But that he was still been alive a- when he was electrocuting. The guy who plays Jojo has been in a ton of fucking shit. Yeah, he's he's usually like a background actor or like a small character like this, but I remember seeing him in, um, he's in another canon film. Not for nothing, I up. think I've seen him push drugs in other movies for too. Yeah, that's probably playing true. The, playing the quote-unquote drug dealer guy. Yeah, this movie's not exactly the most racially sensitive, is it's, it? It really is not. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, yeah, it's just not good. <laughs> I was going to try to find something, but there's just nothing. Detectives Reiner and Nazaki uh, are talking and about the uh, scene in our next clip. Jojo was a dealer. He gets into a hassle with this kid, Randy Viskovich. Stabs him in, gets shot by another dealer. Why? Who knows? These clowns don't need a reason to kill each other. Soldier Reiner? Yeah? This kid saw the guy did a shooting. Not his face, but the car he drove away in. Yeah? Yeah. It was a tornado. Blue tornado. Get the license. Not the last three numbers. It's 226. You sure that's all you remember? Man, I ain't a fucking detective, man. You are. Nice kid. <laughs> so, Phil, go play detective. Right. Did you recognize that little cameo guy who was talking about how he uh, stole uh, the license plate? No. Did you ever watch Dexter? Uh, no. I oh. saw maybe a couple episodes. He but... was Rita's abusive ex-husband in Dexter. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, and here, it's just what's fucked up. I mean, there's a nice kid. He was a nice kid. He fucking got just, you could see the guy because the shadows got a description of the car and the last three digits of the fucking license plate. And as he pointed out, he ain't no fucking detective. Well, and yeah, but I mean, he had to keep, is that? At all, and it was really accusatory. Is that all, or there's nothing else? And it's like, fuck you. Why can't you just say, hey man, thanks for all that? Is there anything else? No, cool. Thanks for doing your civic duty. Here's two dollars. Go buy yourself some more eyeliner. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> Here, go get another fucking pierced ear, you fucking asshole. But thanks for all your info. Here's a black magic marker. Why don't you write band names upwardly on your pants a little bit better? I Here. could only read one. I made out black flag. That yeah. was it. Here, here's a membership to Gold's Gym so you can do more sit ups. Jesus. <laughs> He's pretty swole. Yeah. You would probably also recognize him if you watch The Big Lebowski again. Uh-huh. You remember the two thugs that come in and one of the guys pisses on his rug? Yeah. He's the blonde guy. He's the one pissing on the rug? Well, Or the, the one holding him in the toilet? He's the one that's beating on him in the toilet oh, while the other you. guy pisses nice. on the rug. That's, that's the, awesome. He's in that, too. He's done a lot of bit parts. I yeah. mean, I think he was even on, like, seven episodes of, like, Lost or some oh, shit like that. cool. Or maybe six or so. He was, like, a character that was on for, like, a little portion of it, and yeah. that was about it. Well, Paul comes home to the next day. It seems like the next day. He comes home to a note that just says, I know who you are. Then there is a phone call and he wants to set up a meeting. The person on the other end, he says he knows all about Kersey or Mr. I don't think he uses vigilante on the call. He uses that when person, but he says, I, or else, you know, he'll say, I'll talk and he goes, and I'll use what I know. And I know a lot. So Paul's being backed into a corner or at least into a meeting. Uh, Kersey ends up at the manor of Nathan White. And that is our next clip. Good evening, Mr. Kersey. Or should I say, Mr. Vigilante? Listen, if this is about blackmail, you're wasting your time. This place must be worth more than what I can make the rest of my life. Do you have any idea who I am? Should I? Does the name Nathan White mean anything to you? You own a newspaper. It's not your money I'm after, Kersey. It's your professional skill. I want you to kill someone for me. My wife died in a car crash ten years ago. My daughter, Lisa... 
became my whole life. Last year, she started college. Things were going wonderfully well, and suddenly everything changed. Her grades went downhill, she dropped out of school. You see, she started using cocaine three months ago. She died of... I know about your friend's daughter, Mr. Kersey. I also know that you shot the pusher who sold her the drugs. But I ask you, sir, what about the people behind him? How many children do we let them destroy before we say enough, Mr. Kersey? How many? I've spent a small fortune buying information on the major drug dealers in Los Angeles. I'll give you money, weapons, names, anything you want. They're all murderers, Kersey. From the smallest street corner pusher to the fat cats at the top. Anybody connected with drugs deserves to die. They have to be stopped, Kersey. I need a few days to think about this. Okay, so this guy that is kind of blackmailing Kersey into working for him that, yes. that's supposed to be doing this, I remember him or I know him so much from 3 O'Clock High. I don't know if you've ever seen that movie or not. Oh, God, it sounds familiar, so yeah. I may have, but it was. I recognize this guy too, and I just didn't know from what. He was also in Class of 1999. He very often plays like an authority figure, usually over kids, because he's very eloquently spoken and very deliberate in the way that he delivers his dialogue. Yeah. So a contrast really well for him to go up against snot-nosed kids or, or punk yeah. brat kids. Yeah, punk kids. Yeah. And uh, Three O'Clock High, He, I think he's the principal. I know he's like a teacher at least, but I'm pretty sure he's the principal as well, uh-huh. which he's perfect for that kind of role. Nice. You can you can kind of tell just by the yeah. way he's talking. Oh, yeah, the here. way he's talking there. Yeah. He's perfect for that. Yeah. We're going to have to do Three O'Clock High on the show sometime. You would love that movie. Sweet. I'm sure of it. I may have seen it. For some reason, it sounds familiar. So there, There's a kid who comes to school and he's supposed to be like this big bad bully he's been kicked out of all these other schools and he finally gets enrolled in this one uh, and he's supposed to be welcomed to the school by this kid who's named Jerry who's just like this little tiny weakling kid that nobody gives a shit about or even likes and then they have the fight at, at three, the three o'clock yeah, high yeah yeah, yeah. alright yeah yeah I remember seeing that yeah it's a great yeah. fucking movie oh yeah <laughs> uh, so anyway we then go to Erica's funeral and Kirstie and Karen have a heart to heart and that is our next clip when Michael died Erica was only five. I made a promise to her, and no matter what happened, she would always come first. I let her down. I was too involved with my work to see what was going on. You've got to stop this, and uh, I know how you feel because I've been there. You think you should have done something different, but that's not so. It's not true. It's not your fault that Erica died. It's those damn drugs. I'm so angry. It feels so helpless. I, w- I want to do something. I don't know what to do. You're a writer. Write about it. Let people know about drugs. Just keep pounding on it. Just keep pounding on it. It's those damn drugs. You can't hold any personal accountability to anybody. Not to your daughter, not to yourself as a parent. Nobody. It's all the drugs' fault. And as long as we keep saying that, it's going to be okay. All right, but your kids can sneak all sorts of stuff past you that you won't even know about. Yeah. I know that from personal experience and all the shit that I got away with as a teenager. Same, same, (laughs) same. My parents were pretty good parents, and I still was able to sneak a lot of shit out of there. Yeah, yeah. You can really really pull the wool over their eyes and most parents but you can't you can't tell me that's not like a fucking PSA ripped from like 1985 it's those damn drugs well yeah like crack always kills on the very first puff that you have it yeah yeah you have one puff of crack and the next thing you know you're a horrible addict and you're selling your mother's fucking fine china to buy more or your own body you're selling your mother's asshole to get more <laughs> usually while she's passed out from all the heroin she's doing <laughs> that's to be street right 
by. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's the that was the fear that the whole war oh, on yeah. drugs was trying to bring to you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But anyway, I don't know. It just seems like a cop out sometimes. Uh, Karen. Uh, <laughs> How has, very libertarian of you. Uh, right. Uh, Karen has to fight to do this story. As her editor says, everyone's doing drugs these days. No one cares. <laughs> he says as he's constantly trying to hold back a sniffle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and wiping this fine white powder off his mustache. <laughs> uh, we have a morgue visit where Karen sees a morgue and they're all like various teenagers and even one young 13 year old girl who's hooked on smack and selling herself. Oh my God. The PSA levels oh on God. this was it just was, ridiculous. It was hor- I almost had it as a clip and then I went, that is so fucking cringy. I tossed it because I just couldn't stand listening <laughs> to it again. And I'm like, good God almighty. That was fucking horrible. Oh yeah. It's really over the top yeah, of the yeah. PSA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what we're trying, the, the point the movie's trying to get across is drugs are bad, okay? <laughs> If you even look at someone who has done drugs at any point in time, you will be addicted. Fucking, I don't know why everyone loves the Reagan presidency so much. All it was was fucking eight years of fucking fear. It was just a fear orgy. Yeah. Fear this, fear fear the Russians, fear the nukes, fear drugs, fear AIDS, be afraid of minorities. Fear everything without having a Republican president in charge. That's what his whole presidency was about. Yeah. Oh, and while we're at it, let's piss on the poor and give the fucking tax breaks to the rich. See now, Bart. <laughs> I don't care. Karen then also heads down to the boardwalk where she sees drug pushing Tuvok. Uh, she slips. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. That, that time you delivered it better. Uh, she pushes some money his way for info. He says, you know, he'll always be in contact with her with like information about like the drug happenings around there. And, and also he's very sorry that his friend murdered your daughter with giving her crack cocaine. I don't think he was going to give that part up though. <laughs> I think that's something he wants to hold closer to the vest on that. It's almost as if someone who profits off the misery of others doesn't care about their feelings or, or what happens to their life. Or what's worse is he doesn't even know that that's Erica's mother. More than what likely. Is he, what does he fucking care? Yeah. Who your fucking parents are. <laughs> he didn't, probably didn't even remember Erica's first fucking name. Just, oh, there's that girl I smell smack to on occasion. It wasn't even smack. It was fucking uh, yeah, cocaine. There's that girl that that guy that ended up dead getting yeah, yeah, cracked yeah. to. Yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. Oh, look, it's the guy... It's uh, some girl who got murdered by Jojo because you have to start giving out crack cocaine. Can you just stick with regular cocaine, you prick? No, it's cheaper when you make it into yeah, crack. Yeah, but if you keep killing off your fucking customers, it's not going to fucking matter. Well, that's why you don't hand them a whole fucking bag of it. You give them one tiny rock and say, that's only enough for you. Yeah, and then yeah. you get them on the comeback. He's, he gave her like an eight ball or shit. You don't give someone that much fucking crack cocaine and say, that's all for you. For being a drug dealer, Jojo is really irresponsible, which is shocking. <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't think that someone who sells drugs and profits off the misery of others would be irresponsible and would care so little about the people that they're selling those kind of hard drugs to. Yeah. It's just shocking. It is. It is to me. It's sad. It's shocking that he would let them die. It's not shocking that he would purposely try to get her hooked. Paul and Mr. White meet again, and that is our next clip. This will be the last time we meet in my home. From now on, we've got to be extremely cautious. There are two major drug organizations in Los Angeles. One is headed by a man named Ed Zacharias. The other by two brothers, Jack and Tony Romero. Between them, they control 90% of the narcotics traffic in Southern California. Can you believe that? According to my sources, the pusher you shot worked for Ed Zacharias. This is everything you'll need on the Zacharias Romero organizations. Photos, biographies, everything. About a year ago, Jack and Tony decided to invade Zacharias' territory. It was the beginning of a gang war. Zacharias stepped in, quickly negotiated a truce. But you can take it from me. The fuse was lit. It's getting shorter. I'll handle this my own way. No interference from you. All right. I'm going to need a few things. 
You said you could supply me with weapons? This is the man to talk to. He'll give you everything you want. You said you could supply me with the weapons? <laughs> I, I don't want to play coy, but I need guns, and I want all the guns that you can give me. Hey, Bally, listen. A little under the table, but uh, can I get all them guns from you? And all the bullets as well. I'm counting them. Is Kersey blinded by his grief here? Yeah, of course he is. <laughs> Kersey's blinded by perpetual vengeance need. I mean, where this movie is going is still yeah. fucking obvious, even from this point, right? Yeah, pretty much. You know what's going to happen. Yeah, like yeah. it's telegraphing. At it. this, yeah, at this point, you're sitting there going, "Well, yeah, I know. I'm, I don't want to ruin the rest of the movie for anybody who hasn't seen it." But you kind of you sit there and you're going, "All right, so I know one thing is going to happen at some point." Yeah. And did you also notice that this is also the almost virtually the same plot where James Bond goes to take on cocaine dealers? I've never seen that one. Oh Jesus. <laughs> okay. Yeah. It's License to Kill is the one I was thinking of. Oh, License to Kill. James Bond relinquishes his license to kill and goes on oh, a personal vendetta seen. against the drug. Yeah. Board okay. Yeah. That I think is played by Robert Davi. I'm, I don't remember 100%. Well, then we come to the detectives who are talking about the investigation. Hey, what do you know? That's another clip! Detective Brewer, call for line two. You are not going to believe this. Mm. I just talked to forensics. They did a check on the 9mm slug that killed Jojo Ross. You know, I can never do these damn puzzles. It matches the slug found in the body of the mugger shot downtown two years ago. So? He was killed by the vigilante. Come on, Phil. The vigilante retired years ago. Looks like he's back. You're telling me it was him in the tornado? Just came over the computer. There are 28 blue tornadoes in the state with the last three numbers, two, two, six, nine of them are in L.A. Jesus. Vigilante. Well, let's check him out. Yeah, let's check him out. Uh, the cops interview Kersey, and uh, while interviewing, they kind of, you know, Kersey doesn't really give them a time of day. Doesn't even look at him. Just keeps drawing his, his you know, his, uh, the buildings. And uh, <laughs> just keeps drawing the buildings. And he's like... He's architecting. He's architecting he's like, Are you hard. I was. He's dead. I'm so sorry. And then after leaving, they, you know, it's not like Kersey has a great poker face here, so they really want to look into him more, and they even say as much. He's getting a little uncomfortable while he's talking to them. Yeah. What are you accusing me of? I'm not killing all of those people that you're saying I'm not killing. Oh, are shit. Are you saying that I killed all my daughter's rapists? <laughs> uh, we didn't even know that your daughter was raped. <laughs> Oh. Are you saying that I killed a bunch of people like 10 years ago in LA? Then I went back to New York shortly after that and killed a bunch of people there? Is that what you're saying? Because that's. Are you saying I led to a gang war in New York City? We didn't even know you're from New York. That happened, oh. but it didn't happen, if you know what I'm saying. Hey, Pally, come on. I have a submachine gun. <laughs> Do I need to tell you that? Um, the next day, Kersey is infiltrating Zacharias' uh, gang at his uh, birthday party. Uh, Kersey's dressed as a waiter, says he's going to go get some ice. Uh, he finds a, like, the, a secret like, meeting room in the house, and he's uh, bugging the place. But then he has to hide because uh, Zacharias is coming in with a bunch of people, including the Romero brothers, who are the other drug gang in uh, L.A. <laughs> I, the one Romero brother that big tall one with the bushier beard yeah. he is Jake. yeah he's in uh, a bunch of movies as well but the one i always remember him from is return of the living dead three. Oh, who was he in three in return of the living dead three he 
was one of the leaders of like the Latino gang that runs afoul of the Romeo and Juliet. Oh, really? Lady. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> he has some really funny lines in there where he's like, he's kind of kinky. You look like my kind of bitch. <laughs> he oh, does yeah, some yeah. really cool stuff like that. Um, uh, while they're all talking in the room, uh, Kersey's hiding in a, in a washroom and he witnesses Zacharias murder a colleague, like one of his top like guys actually, but who had been stealing uh, a lot of the uh, cocaine from their South American connection. So it was almost like Zacharias was showing the Romero twins that he means business, even though they were all in a gang war with each other at one point in time. So it's like, I'm pretty sure they know you mean business, dude. You didn't have to do that in front of everybody, but fuck, okay, why not? Jeez, way, way to tear down the party. You probably could have waited till after maybe the cake or something. You <laughs> fucking piece of shit. Now no one's going to get any cake because everyone has to get rid of a fucking dead body because you're selfish. You're a prick. <laughs> Paul feels the need because after he's peeking out the door, instead of just going like behind the door so no one can see him, uh-huh. he decides to try to shut the door, which of course causes noise. So then they all know he's in there. So it's like, Kersey really got dumb in this movie. Yeah. He's, yeah. He's a bumbling fucking idiot. Yeah, he's failing up a lot in this movie. <laughs> There's a whole lot of plot contrivance that keeps him yeah. going. So anyway, they bring him in and they go, hey, you look like a smart. He goes, what's your name? He goes, Leo. And he goes, Leo, you look like a smart guy. He goes, if you do this right, keep your mouth shut, you can make some money. And he goes, yeah, yeah, I'll keep, I don't see nothing. So he tells him to help one of the other hitmen remove the body. And as they're getting out to the trunk, Paul gets the body into the trunk and it looks like the hitman's going to go ahead and take out his gun and kill Paul. And so Paul kills the hitman by putting his head in the trunk and slamming it shut multiple times. <laughs> I'm assuming he killed that guy. Would you say he truncated his life? Uh, <laughs> thank you, folks. I'll be here all week. I got that one. <laughs> Mostly because I live here. <laughs> uh, so anyway, then we cut to a outside of a restaurant and it looks like Paul is making a bomb out of a bottle of wine. Or is it champagne? Uh, it's wine. It's wine. Okay. Yeah, because when so he pours it later, it's red. It's, so. The bottom is like baked and it is a bomb. Yeah, it it's, looks like it's like this custom made thing when he pulls the cork. Does that start a timer? I think so. It, it looks, must be. It looks because, like that's what he Because he he's right? worried about it because he yeah. shows up at the restaurant where three of... Uh, uh, Romero's. Uh, no, not Romero's. It's... Uh, <laughs> Zachariah's yeah. top men, top hitmen are. Sorry, Zachariah's. Did you uh, did you recognize one of the Danny hitmen? Trejo? Yeah, yep. a very young, very young Danny Trejo, barely pockmarked looking Danny Trejo. Yeah, you I mean he was fresh off the gangs on this one? <laughs> he might have still been connected. He might have been. This might have been like one of the first ones when he got out of prison that he was in because he did uh, did a couple boxing movies where like he was like coordinator or did like the stunt, yeah. the stunt work or the did stunt the training or something like That's that. That's how he got into Hollywood. Yeah. yeah, and then he started getting roles like this. I could not believe. How young he looks. I know, right? So <laughs> Paul he disguises himself as a, a wine salesman and says, I'm gonna pour those guys some wine and goes over there, you guys are gonna love it. It's free wine. I love how the bartender's like, No, you should probably leave yeah, them yeah, alone. Sp- and then he goes, No, and he leaves the bartender's like, fuck it, whatever. <laughs> bartender's like, your funeral, pal. You yeah, go fuck with them. Yeah, I don't care. Fuck this. So, anyway, as he's pouring wine, Danny Trejo goes, thinks he recognizes uh Kersey. Was he one of the guys that was there when Kersey helped carry the dude out? I don't remember. I didn't remember. No, he him was not. So I don't know. Maybe there's saying like Kersey during some of his time of rallying a foot of you know, the vengeance wagon. Maybe this guy saw him or something because well, he says imp- he never forgets a face. Well, and they imply in the third one that he'd been a professional for a while and like, yeah, he was killing so, people for a living. So maybe that's where this hitman knows him from. If this hitman was in a seedier part of town, which he might have been, maybe he saw Kersey kill a guy. Just he, this guy doesn't care because it wasn't one of his guys. So he's just like, fuck it. Look at that jackass got killed by 
that dude, and then walked away. <laughs> it could be. Well, anyway, as Trejo's trying to figure out how he knows uh, Kersey, Kersey's looking, of course, real nervous because that bomb's ticking. Well, Trejo grabs him when he shakes his hand and then pulls him down yeah. to sit with him. He's like, come on, man. Yeah, you sit with us. And, and then the two other guys goes, uh, where are you from? And he goes, Idaho. And he goes, ah, got a cousin from Idaho. Where from Idaho are you from? And he goes, Boise. He goes, ah, fucking Boise. <laughs> like, what the fuck, man? <laughs> that felt like it was being improvised. Yeah, yeah. I know. I just like the, I just love the, the guy go, fucking Boise. Like, <laughs> what the fuck did Boise do to you? It's like the only town in Idaho. It pretty much is, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, uh, Kersey knows he has to get out of here, so he throws a drink in Trejo's face, which kind of makes him let go of him. Kersey gets up, run, as those guys are getting up on the table. Kaboom! All three are dead. Right before the explosion, yeah. it cuts. You, can, and, you see these obvious dolls? Sitting yeah, like, the mannequins. Yeah, the mannequins. I went frame by frame. Did you? To look really, really close. Yeah. The Danny Trejo mannequin yeah. in that is terrible, dude. Oh, yeah, it's bad. No, I... It looked horrible. I didn't slow it. I just actually... I paused it to yeah. catch up on my notes. Yeah. And I paused it right the right time. Where you see the Trejo one, wide-eyed, mouth gaped open, and you're like, what the fuck? Yeah, they took actual mannequins and just kind of dressed yeah. them to look sort of like the guys sort and put like them the in the guy, similar yeah. suits and then just set them there. Well, the other two aren't a problem, but Danny Trejo has a particular look. Yeah, and they had it focused in on the yeah, Trejo's yeah, character, yeah. so it was pretty obvious. You should have, yeah, I don't know, man. That was bad. <laughs> the other guys practically were mannequins anyway. Yeah, <laughs> right. no pretty much. Yeah. Fuck, fucking Boise. <laughs> That's, that's going to become a thing for me now. Fucking just, Boise. Just fucking Boise. Just like if anybody's talking to me about a problem, like, God damn, Matt, I got to tell you, man, fucking Uncle Sam, they're up in my taxes, and I just don't even get what I'm doing right now. Fucking Boise, man. <laughs> fucking Boise. I tell you. Kersey uh, uh, is now listening on a phone call that uh, is having, um, and then he gets a new mission from White, and that is our next clip. The head of the Romero street dealing operations is Max Green. Numerous arrests for pimping, child pornography, drug dealing, murder. No convictions. Witnesses against Max have a habit of disappearing. He is a resident of Vegas, but when in L.A., he operates out of a video rental store on the west side. Kersey finds his way into the video store uh, with an Uzi, very 80s, uh, gets in there, the Uzi's, and has a silencer. In fact, this entire fucking movie might as well just be, and this is for anybody who's played it, uh, who listens to us, might as well just be PUBG the movie, because it's <laughs> all the weapons you use in PUBG, Kersey fucking uses here. <laughs> Kind or of. you see, yeah. I mean, of. it's fucking insane. Yeah. So he, he busts in. The guy's like, "Hey, you know, I don't, you know, if I did, you know, I just make the drugs. I don't make people take them. You know, he's begging for his life." And Kersey goes, "Oh, you know, so if you don't do it, someone else will, right?" And he goes, "Yeah." Did you notice all the posters on the wall during this scene? Uh, uh, uh. There is a shitload of just all Canon Films posters. Oh, are there? Yeah, like standees for Texas Chainsaw Two. Oh, nice. A bunch like Delta Force and Delta Force Two and or, or whatever. I can't yeah. remember what they all were, but it was very clearly all canon all the time. Well, of course. I don't think that this was a video store. I think they filmed the quote-unquote video store stuff in the canon production offices. That would make sense. <laughs> Just to save a little bit of money. Well, anyway, Kersey kills that motherfucker, so. Yeah, well, he throws coke at him, then the guy yeah. pulls a gun on him, and then he yeah. unloads on him with the silencer yeah. Uzi. So, goodbye. Does it bug you as much as it bugs me that they have silencers in movies where they all go, poof! Yeah, that silencers poof, sound nothing poof. like that. No, they're yeah. suppressors. Yeah. Silencer is not a good name for it, because no. it ain't fucking silent. It's not 
silent at all. It takes a huge kaboom that's deafening and makes it a slightly less kaboom that's still deafening. Exactly. <laughs> It'll go from like 200 decibels to like 170, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's something I always was like. You know, as a kid, I was like, wow, why would everybody have a silencer on their gun? I mean, you can't hear it. Why, why would anybody not have a silencer? And then when you get older and you're like, oh, it's because that's bullshit. <laughs> have you ever fired a gun that has a suppressor on it? I've never have, no. Oh, I've fired maybe a, yeah. more than my fair share, I should say. I'm sure you have. <laughs> I ha- Fucking right wing prick. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a left-wing gun nut. They're, they do exist. <laughs> I know they do, actually. <laughs> actually, I think almost everyone I know is one. <laughs> no, but I, I've fired a gun with a suppressor yeah. before, and all it does is make it slightly less loud. That's all it does. But what's the fucking point? Well, yeah. Yeah. It's the same thing as with, like, in the movies, like, when someone's killing someone who's sleepy, they put a pillow over, like, that's gonna, like, muffle all the gun noise in the world. That does work to an extent. Like, if you can capture some of yeah, the gases. Yeah, but they gases, make it sound like there's, like, no sound whatsoever. Ever. Right, <laughs> like right. from a pillow, and you're like, uh, and they're like, well, and like, like when they're investigating the crime scene, they're like, wow, why didn't you know they're in a hotel? Why didn't anybody get, seek help? Oh, they used a pillow, silenced the gunshot. Like, fuck that. <laughs> well, then, like some of the stuff too, where they they'll have like a cow wrap around a revolver and stuff, that'll deaden the sound a little bit. Yeah, it's not going to make it. Silent. If you're in a hotel, the room next over is still going to know you blew someone away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a loud enough pop that they're going to think that something happened. Yeah. and they're going to call the front desk. Exactly. Or they're going to mind their own business, depending upon how much of a no-to melto you're in. Exactly. Well, that's true too. Uh, as all the police are talking, uh, so uh, detective, the two detectives and their chief, uh, there is a gang war right now. And uh, the while well, the other two detectives still want to bring up the vigilante case, the chief's kind of tired of it because he feels like the guy have a gang war coming. He's like one man or our streets being run over by another fucking war. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, who's really all concerned about a guy who's only killing thugs? and horrible exactly. people. In which both those detectives have said, let all those horrible people kill themselves. Who cares? Yeah. They even say it right here. You go, so what? A bunch of mobsters are killing each other. Like, they won't investigate. It's really funny how both the chief and the cops, if they just worked together, could work the same case. The gang shootings and the vigilante. But those two are so concerned about fighting the vigilante, they don't care about the gang members who they think are killing each other, when in fact it's Cursey doing it. It's the vigilante. Where the chief is so more worried about a gang war, he doesn't even want to worry about the guy who's actually causing the gay war, which is the vigilante. Here's the part that might be funded from the NRA, because we got bumbling fucking Keystone cops again. Yeah, yeah. They Remember, cops can never help you. Only you with your gun can help you. <laughs> you two learned a very important lesson today. Cops <laughs> don't help. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Uh, so anyway, they say, that, why don't we do this? Case the top gun man for the Romeros, Frank Bogg. Um, and then we cut to a, another scene where the younger Romero, he believes uh, Zecharias, he does want the territory that they have, and he's, re- he's trying to restart the war. So the seeds for what Kersey's already trying to lay are starting to, you know, grow. Kersey uh, learns of Boggs, and that is in our next clip. The number one hitman for the Romero brothers is Frank Boggs. One conviction for assault with intent to kill. Served easy time. Those who know his reputation for violence would be surprised to learn that he's got a trained baritone voice. He is an upwardly mobile super achiever and lives in a condo on Wilshire Boulevard. If you can get to his phones, we'll have our leads. 
Well, we see the cops have pulled up now, so they are watching his apartment building as well. Our dude, a hitman here, is getting ready for the opera, talking a lot of shit to what I'm as either his girlfriend or wife, but they, they are talking a shit lot of shit to one another. I'm thinking wife, only because she's saying a lot of shit, and he's just, you know, you think, oh, he's this super fucking murdering asshole. He'd go, like, in a, especially because Death Wish movie, like, he's go, like, slap her or something for saying something to him, but she just gives as good as, you know, he gives. She gives it right back, so it's almost like, he's just like, oh, that's the wife. I have to take that. I have a differing opinion on why they're talking to each other like that. It's like foreplay to them? I think it's their foreplay. Because it comes down to the point where he keeps ragging on her dress, keeps ringing on her dress, and she goes, he's like, the other one's easier for you to put on, and she goes, well, this one's easier for me to take off, so what's your problem? And he goes, I don't really know. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. I was like, oh, what a nice little moment for the murderer. Yeah, you get a feeling that that's, that's their kink, that they love yeah. to belittle each other and talk yeah. shit to each other, and they're constantly antagonistic. Yeah. They like to hate fuck a lot. Alright, so anyway, uh, Kersey gets up to their place so he can bug his phone, uh, and as they get all the way down to the limo, the dude realizes he left the tickets upstairs. As he goes back up, he opens up the door, and he already knows something's wrong, because all the lights are on, and he knows he shut them off, and he's he's a super achiever, so he probably remembers everything of how he left it. Well, hitmen are usually pretty meticulous about detail. Oh, yeah, they have to be. And they're paranoid about people setting something up in their house. Of course. Or take them out, because yep. they're always living in fear. Yep. And not only does Paul Kersey flip on every single fucking light, instead of using a flashlight to find the phones, yeah. he also sits down, yeah. he just plops his ass down on the couch, <laughs> and takes his good sweet time making the most obvious bugs placed he, in the phone. He fucking lounges. Those are the kind of bugs that you would have seen in a 1930s fucking yeah, right. cereal where they're putting oh a bug God. on the old dial-up phone. Exactly. <laughs> so anyway, uh, as he comes back in, he's kind of searching around the apartment. He has, you know, he, take out, he takes out his gun. And at one point in the kitchen, he finds Kersey through a reflection. And he goes, he tells him to come on out. And Kersey comes out and he goes, well, what the hell are you doing here? And Kersey goes, I'm just making myself a sandwich. And then throws down the oven door that's right there that knocks the gun out of the guy's hand. Yeah, it was something like that. I thought it might have been a dishwasher. It was yeah, one it was of the some, two things. Something though, yeah. yeah. It was um, an appliance in the kitchen door. Yeah, yeah it a was good an appliance door. Good improvisation. Yeah. He's better at doing this kind of stuff than he is at this stealthy kill thing. Exactly. Well, anyway, this guy pretty much, I like, I actually like this part. The, the guy pretty much beats the shit out of Kersey. Because, I mean, Kersey isn't a trained fighter. You know, he can kill pretty well, easily. Although, if you believe in the fucking second and third movie, oh, he's, yeah, a, yeah. he's deadly well, with the 50 cu- fisticuffs. That, this time he's not. And he gets his ass. The guy's got a good 100 pounds on yeah. Kersey at the least. The guy hands, and also he's a trained fighter too. So he kind of hands Kersey his ass. And I was really sad we didn't get to hear this baritone. Like, why even bring that up? What the fuck does that even matter about this guy if he doesn't actually sing at least on the yeah, way right? up? Yeah, yeah, they say he has a baritone. When he's by himself in the elevator, he could have sang. singing, yeah. Yeah, that would have been awesome. Had some enjoyment in this movie. <laughs> some enjoyment. I like how you phrase that. Something in beautiful, something that was beautiful. For once I shall have something <laughs> Um. Anyway, Kersey is able to kind of like push him into the wall, into like this electrical mirror type thing. I don't know what it is, but he hits into it. Oh, it's it. made out of plot contrivance. Yes, yeah, because <laughs> it's a mirror, but then sparks come out of it. So I don't fucking know. Maybe it's supposed to be like a mirror that has a <laughs> it light a TV, in it. dude. What? It was a projection screen It was a projection, TV. but it was so little. <laughs> I know. When he hits it, what the fuck is that? It was supposed to be a projection screen TV. It's like old school. Well, I think I couldn't tell, but fuck it. That's, okay. why, it's, that's why sparks and stuff flew out. Anyway, it was supposed but, to be a projection screen TV. I get TV. it. Now he blood's coming uh, out of his head and, and getting into his eyes so he can't see. Kersey, I think, gets in a few more shots uh, before they head out to the balcony. 
and he falls to his death. Well, he kind of uses the guy's momentum when he yeah. charges him and then uses it to pull from his ass see, over, top so. of the, over top of the balcony there yep. and let him fall And to as death. soon as his wife goes, I hope he drops dead, he falls right out of the car. So there you go. That's for you. And then she screams and has a whole big issue about it because the thing she wished for yeah, right. came true. Um, Don't make a death wish. Yeah. <laughs> that's the name of the movie. Um, <laughs> as uh, Detective Rayner goes up to check it out, he tells uh, uh, Nazaki to check out the front. And if he sees anybody suspicious, grab uh, Nazaki. Actually, what does he grab him by? I don't know. And by the ass. <laughs> the scruff of their neck. Yeah, the scruff of their neck. <laughs> he sees Kersey actually walk out, get into the car, a blue tornado mm -hmm. with the same last four digits of a license plate number that that kid gave and watches him drive away. When Rainer comes... For a guy who's really good at getting away with murder, yeah. he's really fucking he's, bad at getting really, away with murder in this really movie. He's really bad at getting... Yeah, he's lost a step. He's getting old. <laughs> uh, so uh, when Rainer comes back down, he asks him if he saw anything and uh, Nazaki, uh, Nazaki says he did not. He didn't see anyone. So now you're starting to wonder, hey, the fuck's wrong with this guy? Why's it gotta be the Asian guy movie? Yeah. Yeah. Movie. <laughs> Racist prick. <laughs> Why's it gotta be the Asian detective, huh? Yeah. Why couldn't it be the white detective? Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Just saying. Fucking my liberal feelings are hurt. <laughs> my snowflakes melting. I don't know about yours. And now my liberal guilt's kicking in. The only thing that's going to fix this is more cocaine. <laughs> uh, Percy meets again with White, and that is in our next clip. According to my sources, Zacharias uses an old fish cannery in San Pedro to process and move his drugs. This operation feeds his organization and is dependent upon regular shipments of raw cocaine from South America. Interrupt this supply and we can tear out his guts. So the lunch break between 11.30 and 12 is a good time for you to mingle with the workers. The factory is in two parts. The first, which is a front, does in fact process fish, mainly for the pet food market. It even makes a profit for Zacharias, largely employing unskilled labor on daily hire basis. So the access to this area should be straightforward. Getting to the second will not be so easy. Hey, where do you think you're going? What the hell are you doing here? What section are you in? Uh, I don't know. I was just hired. What's your name? Davis Kidwell. You the last one, Tony? Why, you want to leave or something? You got it. Hold it. You don't belong in here. Well, I was told to put this in there. Here, lunch. Okay, before we move on, there's another guy that just popped up there. The guy who first confronts him when he's inside the uh -huh. fish yeah. hatchery thing. Did you recognize that guy's voice or, or uh -huh. face or anything? He's the shocker guy from Wes Craven's Shocker. I've never seen that. Oh my God, it's like the cheesiest fucking slasher movie oh, ever. Oh, is it? Yeah. yeah. He's like a TV repairman who also practices voodoo oh. and kills people to see himself on TV. But who do? <laughs> yeah. Who do? But he's the shocker. I got you. <laughs> he's giving them the shocker? E no. Oh. He's stabbing people. And be, murdering them. That's a different kind of movie called The Shocker. And he electrocutes people to kill them because he was electrocuted in the chair, but he used Voodoo to survive it. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Oh, maybe I did see that. <laughs> all right. Chances so, are you fucking saw it and don't remember. As we hear here, Paul makes his way through all the plant. Uh, finally, he gets into, uh, he sees in the freezer area, he sees them cutting fish open and getting the drugs out that way. Pretty ingenious way to traffic your drugs, stapled up in a fish. I get the idea. They're trying yeah. to hide the smell of the drugs yeah. by putting it in the smell of the fish. 
fish. And the fact that the fish has to be kept frozen while yeah. it's being shipped also keeps the smell down from the drug dogs it, it, being able to smell it. And also makes it easier for people to cut into because meat gets a lot worse and fish is the same. It gets a lot worse when it's not frozen to try to cut and make sure you don't cut the drug as well. Yeah. Because you have to make sure you're not cutting into the drug. It's pretty ingenious. As a matter of fact, I think I'm going to start smuggling drugs and frozen fish. Finally. <laughs> you don't get to sample any of it. We're no longer friends. <laughs> That was the final straw. And I will watch you burn. <laughs> I start selling hard drugs and I don't share them. That's the final straw. That's it. <laughs> There's nothing left here. <laughs> this show is over. Friendship over. Friendship. Show. Everything. Over. I'm going to go to the cops, man. That's right. The cops. Ah, oh, shit. <laughs> why did I go announcing it? Now I see why, man. Yeah, you get blinded by rage. Okay. All right. Maybe the guy isn't so stupid. He was just blind by rage. <laughs> I still am not going to share the hard drugs with you if I start selling them. Why? What the fuck, man? You have the most addictive personality of anyone I've ever met. You take that back. Anyway, man, you got to use those hardcore drugs. <laughs> Kersey gets busted while in there and he shoots up the entire place killing everybody even throws a bomb in there and blows that place up blows their whole drug operation sky high and yeah, he then, fucked some shit up in that yeah he really did and then he escapes so I mean goddamn, you know way to go <laughs> it's like the whole entire movie is just a bunch of action set pieces that they loosely strung a plot over top of that had a somewhat anti-drug message just to have Kersey blowing a lot more people away yeah it pretty much is um we see uh, the uh, detective Nazaki, he finds Kersey's name on a list of, of a list of everyone who owns a blue tornado and, and he finds Kersey's name. He circles it. You can tell he knows. We then get a nefarious meeting and that is our next clip. What are you, crazy? You're not supposed to come to this house. It's important. I think I know who's been giving you trouble. Does he work for the Romeros? Not as far as I can tell. He also killed Boggs. Then who does he work for? I don't know. We'll find out. You do? Who killed him? I don't do that. You do now. Well, damn. Well, anyway, uh, he then... Why's it gotta be the Asian fucking I cop don't know. movie? don't know. Why's it gotta be the Asian cop because movie? Because they're racist. There's a lot of racial issues with this fucking movie, dude. There's a lot of racist issues with, like, all of canon films films. Yeah, I can't argue that. <laughs> There's a lot of racial in... They hate everyone who isn't a white male. <laughs> yeah, it's just the 80s. Yeah, it's just the, the, the 80s. 80s hated anyone who wasn't a white male. Yeah, and they even hated white males as uh, well. But a bit, well, they only liked white straight males. <laughs> There you go. There you go. Who yeah. are also Republican. <laughs> uh, anyway, so uh, anyway, the detective crashes Kersey's office, and that is our next clip. Good evening, Mr. Kersey. Sergeant, what can I do for you? I just wanted to drop by and see how you're doing. Since we didn't have a chance to say hello the other night at Frank Fogg's place. You've made a lot of people unhappy, Mr. Kersey, especially Ed Zacharias. He asked me to deliver his message of distress personally. You work for Ed Zacharias? Being a cop's too dangerous. I want to take an early retirement and he pays well. Now, I don't have to kill you. I just want to know who you are working for. I know it's not the Ramirez. Who is it? I don't work for anybody. This is my work. Don't play games with me. I can make this scene really painful. Oh, I can walk out of here. All I need is a name. I don't have a name. It can be very, very nasty if I want to be. 
So can I. <laughs> so can I. He Han Solo's him. Yeah. Hey, Belly, I shot first. <laughs> you look like Greedo to me. I'm shooting first. Hey, you're not a white male. Guess you have die. <laughs> wow, that's a clip. Yeah, but luckily I did it as Cursey, so we're all right. No, we're not. We're not? No. Because <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's what Canon Films was trying to tell you. <laughs> uh, Detective Rayner is called to a crime scene by his chief. He he believes it's just one of the chief's like gang war deaths, and he's like, what kind of scumbag did they find dead? Yeah, he's talking a whole lot of shit. Yeah, it sounds like he's tired. Like I don't think he slept. Like He's supposed to be off, and they called him in. Yeah, fair uh, enough. The chief does inform him, though, that it is Phil's body that is dead. Um, as they talk later in the office, uh, Rayner says he found a list with one name circle on it, and he was sure Phil out. Phil found out who the vigilante was. He says he wants to take. He wants to get him, and he wants to take him down. Um, but the chief isn't sure they have enough for a warrant. So they have an eyewitness with a blue Toronto last three numbers, and they found his name on a list. And this is also where they go through all of Kersey's history, from his wife being killed and his daughter being raped and murdered, and all this. And the chief goes, I don't know. I don't know. That's enough for a warrant. That's pretty thin. <laughs> is that thin in real life, or is that just you being facetious? It's pretty thin. Is that pretty thin? Yeah, it's it's enough to put a tail on him and see what's happening. I think it's, a, it's enough to check him out, at least. Take it seriously. <laughs> They're like, it's weird. And then when he went to New York, there was this huge gang war where they gentrified an <laughs> entire neighborhood with a Browning 30 Auto. I don't know. Here's a picture of him holding a grenade launcher. I'm not sure. Here's a picture of him actively killing a rapist. We have his blood at this crime scene where he was stabbed a fuckload of times. What? Uh, what's Mr. Kersey's race? <laughs> uh, he's a white male, Chief. That's not enough to go on yet. <laughs> I don't think we have enough to convict him I don't yet. think we got enough yet for a warrant. We Sorry, gotta get fellas. this guy dead to rights. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta be absolutely sure. We don't want to ruin a man's life. <laughs> yeah, we have to be extra cautious. We gotta be extra cautious, poor guy. We don't want to just throw around the idea that this guy could be a multiple murderer and he could end up on death row. What if we're wrong, so, guys? Sounds like sounds like these guys went through a lot in his life already. We should probably be really kind to him. I don't think that all of that stuff had an adverse effect on him at all. <laughs> Is it weird that we've turned like the, the hero of all these movies into pretty much just another bad guy? There's a heel program in all these movies. He's a fucking serial yeah, killer. There's no face. There's no baby faces here. It's all heel. All heel all the time. It's all bad guys. Well, Paul Kersey is essentially the Punisher. Yeah. I mean, and if you think the Punisher is a good guy, you, you don't really know the Punisher. You're missing the point of the Punisher. He's not really. A, it, it, sure, he's in a comic, but he's not in a superhero comic unless he's crossing comics with an actual superhero. Well, he's in a superhero universe, yeah. but he doesn't not have a the superhero. superpowers. No. But the idea basically is it's a guy that's on for vengeance and all the people that have been responsible for his family's death yeah. have long since been killed and he just keeps killing. Well, in Kersey's case, well, that's Punisher. In Kersey's case, no, that's true. Kersey's case too, because he did, I forgot, he went professional for a while on this cross-country murder tour. Yeah, but he didn't end up getting the initial people that killed his wife. And, no. Yeah. Maybe that's what bugs him. <laughs> anyway. Maybe the next guy is the guy that moved from New York City to KC where he's right. killing people that moment. Yeah, right. Yeah. But it's kind of hard to argue with a guy who specifically specializes in killing brutal muggers and rapists. Yeah, it's kind of like, well, I mean, okay. I mean, it's like the movie, it's like the show Dexter. I mean, not like Dexter was a hero, but just wasn't as bad as the rest of them, you know? <laughs> it's like he was killing other bad guys. If you're a serial killer who kills the worst in humanity, you get a pass. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just the way yeah. it works. It's like, wow, you've murdered 
murdered a million people. However, we look at this list, all million of those people were either rapists, thieves, murderers, or just sociopaths. So, pass, I guess? <laughs> I mean, you're still going to jail. You're going to jail. We're going to put you in the death penalty here, but... But it's going to be a really comfortable jail. <laughs> <laughs> but we're going to fast track you so you don't suffer. Actually, no, it's going to... You're going to... We're always... You're never going to get the death penalty. The minute right for the death penalty, the governor is always going to call, which is going to mean you're going to get like 50 to 60 last suppers. So whatever you want, that's what you're going to get. It's going to be great. That's usually not how it works. They usually go for the person killing the murderers and rapists more than they go for the murderers and rapists. Well, it's like uh, in uh, 3 when they went after the good people with a, a little pistol handgun. You can't have that. All the while on the streets are guys with AK-47s murdering each other right in front of the cop. Nothing to see here, everyone. Just look away. He doesn't want to get gunned down cold. Fuck, man. I am becoming like, you, you're really seeping into my personality when it comes to cops. You know why that is? Why? You're watching a lot of the same movies uh, I was raised on. And I'm watching a lot of news, too. Yeah. That helping. Almost like if you pay attention, you realize that authority figures are all fucking shit. Yeah. <laughs> we only need anarchy. That I Don't run. start! <laughs> that I run. No! You can't run anarchy! Then you become the authority figure, and no one likes authority figures because they're shit! <laughs> Not in my anarchy. It can't be your anarchy! Anarchy <laughs> is just anarchy. Fuck it. Right, fuck you. One of these days, I'm going to show you how it can be the anarchy that I run, and then this argument will be null and void. I'm going to have a heart attack here if you keep going, so shut the fuck up. I will shit all over this chair when I die. I like how that's the thing that I actually find a threat about. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so uh, hearing of Phil's death, Zechariah calls the Romeros to set up a meeting about being set up. Kersey is listening to all of this. Uh, at the meeting, uh, they meet at the oil field, and Kersey has a sniper rifle. Kersey has the same exact sniper rifle you can get. It's the be one of the beginner sniper rifles uh, in PUBG called the Mini. <laughs> but it's legit the same fucking thing. And you're sitting there like, how many fucking weapons are in PUBG that fucking Death Wish Forge has used? <laughs> uh, it's a nice rifle. I like yeah. the little collapsible stock that's on it. It's it's yeah. the fucking Mini, man. That's what yeah. the Mini is. Yeah. Fucking hilarious. Uh, as they are all talking, Kersey shoots uh, the older brother, Jake, and they all think it's a setup. Each side thinks it's a setup, and then they just all begin shooting one another. So, you know, kind of what you want, you know? <laughs> I mean, if you're Kersey. You actually see him crack a smile and just kind of sit yeah, back and yeah, see like, how it folds out. Ah, fuck you, kid. And he's like, whoever is left alive and left yep. behind bleeding out, I'm going to finish him off. Well, I see Zacharias and the is running away, and the young brother is giving chase to him. So, of course, Kersey followed those two, while the rest just murder each other. Um, as Zacharias is running, it looks like the younger brother might have the drop on him as he has a bit of a higher ground. He takes aim and then Kersey shoots him right in the back, killing him. You can't kill him. I'm <laughs> killing him. Hey, get in line, Pali. Uh, Kersey then shoots Zacharias in the leg. He walks up and he's asking, like, who are you? Who are you? And he goes, me? I'm the guy who set you up. And then he takes out a picture. Well, the guy asks him why, too. Yeah, why? And he takes out Erica's picture and he goes, I don't even know the girl. And he goes, I do. And then he blows Zacharias away. No, he says, isn't that the little girl from National Lampoon's Vacation? Yeah, and she goes, yeah. She was until your she, drugs killed her. <laughs> she didn't even get to enjoy the park. Not for real. <laughs> <laughs> Next is that goddamn moose. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm coming for that security guard played by John Candy. <laughs> and then I'm coming after her dad. I hear that guy's a real prick. 
<laughs> but in real life, he actually is <laughs> a giant prick. So uh, now the cops are really going crazy. It's like bedlam because they just had a fucking gang war. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. Reiner. Yeah. I-, I love how they refer to that as the oil fields and it has two pumps. It had two pumps. It, it was. Yeah. It was like, that's bad. It's anyway, the closest thing we could get to an oil, oil field. field. Yeah. Um, Reiner really still wants to go after Kersey, but his chief's really fed up with him. He's like, we don't even have time for that right now because of what just happened. Also, Kersey got a lawyer and now they're suing the department for harassment if the if Rainer keeps going with this. But we never see Rainer actually do anything, so it's just uh, it's, it's just all, all dialogue yeah, that we don't, don't even need. It's just yeah, I don't even know why they had to show this. Maybe it's what explains what Rainer does coming up because it seems that Rainer is going to go after him here. Yeah, this so. is just it feels like the whole movie's rushing to the end faster than we're trying to get through it. Well, it's, it was an hour and thirty nine minutes, which about nine minutes longer than most of the other movies, which are all about an hour and thirty, and it felt like they padded out again a lot more shit. <laughs> it's like, you know, you didn't need to probably, but okay. Anyway, Nick wants to meet one last, or Nick, Nate wants to meet one last time. Uh, they agreed to go and meet at a golf course, but when Kersey gets there, uh, only uh, Nate's car is there with his driver saying that he had pressing business to attend to and that the driver will take Kersey to Nate. Kersey gets in the back seat, uh, shuts the door, and then the driver just walks away and gets into another car. All the while, Kersey's yeah. hollering, hey, 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 hey. <laughs> and uh, Kersey, he shoots at the back window. Uh, he crawls out and he gets away and then the car explodes. He runs that was away. was a slow moving bomb. He runs away and a good five to six seconds yeah. after he gets out of frame, the car explodes <laughs> after another cut. They did not do that well for that car bomb. Um, <laughs> the explosion was great. The editing around yeah, yeah, it was no, like, yeah, what yeah. the fuck? Well, I mean, I'm in movie. I'm saying, shit, man, that driver should have kept Kersey out of the car for at least a few seconds. Just, I mean, the general confusion is what you're supposed to be feeling right before he explodes. Yeah. Not knowing that you've just been set up. Well, what they should have basically done is had Kersey come back in like Burt Reynolds style where he just kind of peeks into the frame and looks at you and goes, meh, taking forever to blow up, isn't it? Kersey drives to uh, White's house. He gets in, but there is a different man there who is the real Nathan White. (laughs) Who is coincidentally (laughs) even more white than the Nathan White that we knew. And who has been in Europe for three months. So, (laughs) motherfucker. Uh, Health fucking gullible is Kersey in this big time well and but here's the problem if fake Nate as I now call him I don't even call him by whatever real name he has I call him just fake Nate if fake Nate would have been smart he would have even tried to kill Kersey he would have made after that last game where he made a phone call to Kersey and said hey I think our job's done now uh you did great uh this is the last time I'll be contacting you have a great life Mr. Kersey hang up the phone you forget Kersey Kersey will forget about you and your life could go on great but or you you make that call and then you have someone else kill him later yes and like, make it look like somebody that followed him from the And I talk about much later, like five years later, then you kill him. Or you just keep a tabs on what he's doing and then you basically wait for him to mess up and do something else stupid and kill him then. Yep. Or if you like, or you keep tabs on him and if he's like, wow, he might be getting too close, like he's starting to look into this, kill him. But if it's like, well, he's blissfully unaware, doesn't even like he really wants to check up on anything. Fuck it. We're fine. <laughs> this should be called Death Wish 4, a series of really stupid choices. By many, many people. <laughs> including the writer and director. Yes. Right. The writers and director. Uh, Kersey gets pulled over by the cop and is arrested for murder. He notices something's wrong when they handcuffed him hands front. You know, he keeps looking at that. They handcuff, you know, they even handcuff him in the back. And they're <laughs> they, not might even, as, they might as well have used the fucking handcuffs with yeah. the pink fur on and them. They, and they weren't even cop handcuffs because the chain was too long. Yeah. So Kersey kind of has an idea that these aren't real cops. Well, at first he's a little shaken up because they have his murder weapon on them. Yeah. They take it right off of him and then they say he's under arrest for murder. Yeah. But he figures it out 
out in the cop car after he comes well, down. Then the cop car and he goes, hey, you know, he makes up a, a Sun Valley police station. I see you there. And he goes, possibly the fake police station. So then that's when he starts kicking out the divider between the, the front seat, and the back seat. Which you know is not a real cop car because no real cop car divider will be able to be kicked out like no, that. No, not like that. And as they try <laughs> to get their guns me, out. I have tried. They wreck the car. Kersey's able to get out, gets his gun back, and gets, uh, uh, think he's for the handcuffs, and he escapes. Well, he unlocks the handcuffs first, then yeah. he feels around and gets his gun. Yeah. And then he walks off, and all the while we hear sirens in the background. Yeah, so he knows he has to get out of there. Uh, fake Nate is talking <laughs> on the phone, and that is our next clip. Are you fucking deaf? I said everything's great. You have the whole operation sewed up in a few months. Most of Zacharias' street dealers are ready to work for us. Romero boys are breaking our balls, but don't worry, we'll push them in line. We want our first shipment in a couple of days. I'll talk to you then. Goodbye. How did you let Kersey get away, huh? We made a mistake. Mistake! Come on, get out of here. Go on! Get out of here, asshole! Something wrong? Yeah. Kersey's still alive, that's what's wrong. Yeah, so what? He can't hurt us. He doesn't know anything. He knows enough to put the cops onto us, don't he? You worry too much. Look, stupid. Your boss is dead and I'm alive because I'm smarter than he was. That's why you came to work for me, and don't you forget it. As long as Kersey's breathing, he's dangerous. What do you want me to do? We need an itch. Something to make Kersey come to us. All right. So then we see drug dealing Tuvok. He calls Karen and tells her that he has some information for her and says he's right behind her building in the parking lot. As she heads out, she walks right into being kidnapped. So that's bad decision by somebody in this movie, number 1,415,716. We should just keep track of the good decisions. Right now zero. we're at zero. Zero. <laughs> solid zero. We're at zero. Yeah. Well, no. There's been like two or three because Kersey has brought the white weapon each time to murder somebody <laughs> that's been a good decision he's had enough bullets that's yeah, been a good I mean, decision i mean uh, we'll say it's like five good decisions but he's making good decisions during the larger overarching bad decision yeah so they kind of get Canceling wiped away yeah, yeah. yeah. I, so we're I back to zero that. we're back to zero yeah paul gets home and then he is confronted by rayner and that is our final clip you killed a cop Kersey. not just any cop my partner now i'm gonna kill you oh no your partner was dirty bullshit he worked worked for Ed Zacharias. You're lying! He was gonna kill me. What for? Your partner knew I was setting up Ed Zacharias and the Romeros to kill each other. You engineered that whole thing at the oilfield. Yes, I'm the vigilante, remember? When your partner found out, he told Zacharias and Zacharias told him to kill me. I don't believe one word you're saying, Kersey. Phil Nazaki was a good cop. Check a safety deposit box. You'll find a lot of cash in it. You're a goddamn liar. Hi, this is Paul. I'm not near the phone right now, so leave a message, and I'll get back to you. Hello, Kersey. Guess who? A friend of yours wants to say hello. Paul, they say they won't hurt me as long as you do what they say. Paul, I'm scared. I'm so scared. Kersey, do you want your lady friend to end up dead like Erica? Yes, I was responsible. So you better join us at the Sunset Roller Rink, Underground Garage, Area 16. Let me pick it up. Don't you move. You've got nice taste in women, Kersey. Very nice taste. Wow. Uh, well, I love how they hammered in there. <laughs> That's right. I was responsible. <laughs> yeah, like this whole thing has been one giant setup from fake Nate. Just is that what you're calling him? Fake Nate. Yeah. I don't even think you ever get his real name. No, he's just fake Nate. He's just fake Nate. Uh, anyway, so Kersey knocks out Rainer, and then he goes and grabs his super machine gun with grenade launcher, because of course you're saving that for the final boss. I mean, duh. <laughs> yeah, it's a M16 with a grenade launcher attachment. Yeah. yeah. It's a very sexy gun. It is. I really wish that I could legally own one. Did you want 
want to touch it? Oh, I didn't want to just touch it. You wanted to make sweet love to it? I wanted to cock it till it fired all over the place. <laughs> we come to a parking garage, and Kersey sets up a trap uh, with his car. As his car comes up, they all surround it and, like, shoot the shit out of it uh, after they ram it with a van. Well, he shows up, yeah. he's driving he there, the and van then there. He, he inches the car forward, yeah. and then the van sideswipes him. Did you notice the bumper sticker on the van? Uh, was it? it said, I heart new wave. Nice. <laughs> no one hearts new wave. <laughs> Despite what that sticker says. <laughs> um, they all get up and they start blowing the car away. But then they notice no one's inside. And that's when Kersey shows up and launches a grenade into the van, killing a whole shit ton of guys with it. Uh, another car just takes off. Like, uh, they had uh, some other bad guys in it. So they're like, you know, fuck all this. I didn't know he was going to have a grenade launcher. And then he grenades launches into that car as well, destroying yeah. that car. The explosions at the end of this film. The back half of the film, once he actually starts taking on the main bad guy, Guys, yeah. pretty fucking great. Uh, anyway, so uh, this leads to like a little bit of a chase, uh, and we end up in a roller skating rink. It's and the guy who is not fake Nate owns it, the fake, roller skating yes. rink, and uh, they the, have her in the back. Yeah, like in the utility closet. Yeah, and or he something? he grabs her because of course he's going to get the the human shield. And Kersey uh, kind of gets through the crowd. They I th- believe he fires his gun in the air, and it scares everyone to leave. No. Or someone else fires. Someone at takes him. a shot at yeah. him, and he returns fire. Yes, I just want to point. Now, that's an M16, uh-huh. aka AR15. Yeah. That fires the 5.56 NATO round. Uh-huh. That cartridge is so powerful, it would go through every single one of those guys and into like two or three people next to them. Jesus. If Kersey was firing that for real. Damn. And as reckless as a vigilante as Paul Kersey is, you, he a- would not have risked the in- lives of innocent people like no. that. No, no, no. So, and I know it's I know it's a movie. Yeah. I know it's not real, but it would have gone through the cabinets, it would have gone through the guys. It would have gone through the building almost. It would have shot a bunch of people and it would have just kept going. That bullet is designed to penetrate through all sorts of stuff, including partially body armor in some ways if it can. Like it's, I mean, and the other guys are firing like Uzis and stuff, which are more than likely either like a 45 or or maybe like a 9mm depending upon the make. So, I mean, that's more of like a handgun round. So you're still going to go through stuff and they're just spraying all over the place. I understand that they don't care about the other people. Yeah. But Kersey should have been switched into a handgun to take these guys out in this scenario. Uh, exactly. Well, we have more gunfights, more murdering by Kersey, shooting people. Uh, it's now empty, and uh, at one point, fake Nate, while holding Karen, it's almost like he's trying to gain favor with Kersey. He's like, we were partners. You know, I gave you all that info so you take them all down. You know, we're partners. Almost like, even though he's holding her hostage, it's almost like he's still trying to gain favor with Kersey now instead of going on a gunfight with him. Well, Kersey just killed out every single yeah. one of his men, and he's the only one left. Yeah. So- and it, I love what he says to her too where he's like I'm just gonna kill your man and then maybe I'll let you go maybe maybe but dude she's seen your face he knows you're gonna kill her yeah she ain't dumb she's a reporter and then then, now you're trying to gain favor with Kersey maybe you should have done that you know instead of trying to kill him you wouldn't be in this mess right now if you just left him alone Uh, anyway, uh, as they, they get outside now, and uh, Karen is able to, like, to claw his face a little bit. and He's taking some shots at Kersey, and then I think he goes yeah. to reload the gun or some shit, and she claws Well, she his claws, face. and yeah. she's able to run away, but he points the gun and shoots, killing Karen. He bravely shoots her in the back yeah. as she's fleeing. And then as it's he, the most courageous way to kill someone. Kersey barrels down on him. All he could say for himself, she goes, I told you I'd kill her. I told her I'd kill her. I said I'd kill her. And Kersey 
just blows him up with a grenade launcher. Transforms him into a mannequin as well before yes, he blows him up. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, we see Rainer behind Kersey. Kersey starts to walk away. Rainer says that he would kill him if he keeps walking. Uh, well, he tells him to drop the gun, which yeah. he does. Yes. And then so he, he the gun that he's used away. to kill lots of people has his fingerprints all over it, and he yeah. just drops it right there. Rainer says he'll kill Kersey. Kersey says, "Do what you do what you have to do what you have to do, Pally." Yep. And walks away. Roll credits. I got a lot of like negative things to say about this movie, but I still had a shitload of fun watching. I always it. have fun watching yeah. this. This one to me, it's not a one, good movie. One but reason it's, fun. it's one of my my favorite the series is because of how bad and cheesy it is, <laughs> and how it's just fun. Like all the other ones have some really serious, really dark undertones. And this one where they tried to make the dark undertone about drugs just comes off pretty laughable. And it's you know the one where you're just like, all right, let's go killing people, cursey, whatever. Yeah, the drug subplot. You don't really see, other than Erica dying from a drug overdose, you really don't see how drugs take their toll on people other than the morgue sequence too. those two things. Yeah. It front loads the tragedy and then the rest of it is just basically Kersey being a hitman for hire for this Nate guy who turns out to not be Nate. He's just this fake guy. Yeah. Who clearly is using Kersey to muscle in on territory. Yeah. You used Kersey to kill gang and rival gangs. Kersey is so fucking gullible. He falls for every little thing that has pushed his way. He makes so many bad decisions and he bumbles his way through everything in this. I mean, the action set pieces are so amazing. It, it ramps up the explosions, the gunfire. You get so much better weaponry and all of that kind of stuff. But it's the action movie that they just kind of shoehorned a Death Wish plot into that doesn't really have anything to do with Death Wish. No. And I mean, if you're going to do that, then I'd much rather see three where it's at least a turf war and there's something more about what Kersey's doing. Yeah, exactly. Well, and once again, three delves with that kind of game society and involved of course a rape and uh, you know a murder of someone that Kersey cared about a friend of Kersey's and it also involved the murder of one of Kersey's friends you know so it was really all about violence where the, the death which for no one was really killed violently in Kersey's life they OD'd on drugs uh, wait his girlfriend was killed violently at the very end at the very very end very very end yeah. but I mean to set Kersey on vigilante way you know it was an OD you know it was a drug OD it wasn't like a violent death so far the women in his life only one one of them has made it out of the movie alive. And that's the one that left him. Yeah, because yeah. she left him. Yeah. If you love Paul Kersey and stay with him, you will die horribly. You need to run away. Tragically. Yeah. And if you decide to adopt him as a father figure, you will OD on fucking drugs. Yes. <laughs> I've adopted Paul Kersey as my father figure. <laughs> I'm still not giving you any samples, damn it. Motherfucker! <laughs> no, the action stuff is great, though. It really is. Despite my thing about how, you know, he's firing an automatic fucking weapon that's a five point five six NATO round, you know, for the AR-15 slash M-16. Despite that. Despite your problems with that. The action scenes were fun. Yeah. They were good to watch. The shootout in the fucking rink, I mean, we didn't talk about it a lot, but the shootout in the fucking skating rink was amazing. There was a lot of fucking crazy, hectic violence. The reason why for me is because it came on the heels of an epic gunfight at the oil field. That was pretty cool, too. Yeah, that was was great. really well done. So you have maybe one problem with this movie you had two epic gunfights one almost right on top of the other and he's just like I'm trying to come down from I just came down for that one it's hard to get you know ramped up for the second one so close you know give me an epic gunfight at the very beginning then epic gunfight at the very end I'm good you know because then it's like a little bit more you know you're not just coming down off of one all that energy and I don't really think that they should have had the guys looking for a vigilante that just 
felt like they're trying to rehash the old way of doing it. The guys should have been involved in a drug war in the drug war stuff. They should have been investigating that. Yeah. Um, then we find out that the one guy's crooked and that's when he finds Kersey and goes after him. Then the other guy basically finds out that, you know, Kersey was responsible and then gets on him for being the vigilante from there. And then you, you can drop that whole subplot and then just basically have it be a thing where, you know, Kersey ends up confronting him by the end of the movie where he's going to arrest him. But yeah, you know, like the guy finds out his partner's been, been crooked dirty. and all that other and stuff. And he just goes, ah, fuck it. Get out of here, Kersey. Yeah. The guy could have came to his apartment to arrest him and then wouldn't let him get involved whenever his wife was, or soon to be wife was going to be in trouble. Yeah. You that, know, like that's still. Well, the cop heard that. He was more important about killing Kersey than saving an innocent woman. Yeah. I mean, that Rainer was just so fucking blinded. It's like, God damn, dude, like an innocent person's in trouble. And you're like, fuck it. And Rainer's a fucking broken man by the end of this. Yes. Yeah, he doesn't even shoot Paul broken. Kersey in nope. the back at all. He's so fucking broken because everything he knew to be true in his in his professional life is all fucking lies. Yeah, you know, he, I think you I think he then finally figured out his partner probably was dirty. And then, you know, and all this shit. And then it's like, fuck, you know, it seemed like they were best friends. So now you have to it deal with like that. It seemed like they were a little closer than best friends. Oh, do you think there was I want I want to believe that they were they were lovers. involved. Do you yeah. like to think any like two males who are working together are lovers? It's wishful thinking, man. <laughs> <laughs> I want everyone to have the love and joy that you and I have. Yeah. <laughs> It's nice. It is nice. And we have our moments. We have our moments. We break a lot of beds. <laughs> Not doing anything dirty. It's usually what we're just crawling in. <laughs> it just gives out. Even mattresses on the floor, they yeah, just give yeah, up. They fall through a floor. <laughs> I can't believe we killed that nice Ecuadorian person who lived in your basement. Just flattened them. <laughs> just like that joke fell flat. Yeah, right. <laughs> All right. Is there anything else to say about that? No, question? man. I think we're good. All right. Why don't you grab a new story here? All right. All right, folks. We're going to take another break here. We'll play a promo for another other podcast we'll have a little bit of music befitting of drug abuse and when we come back we will have some psyop news hello hello who is this who are you trying to reach i don't know i think you've got the wrong number do i i'm gonna hang up wait don't hang up what's that noise popcorn you're making popcorn uh-huh i only eat popcorn when i listen to podcasts i'm about to listen to a podcast oh really which one probably the podcast on haunted hill Uh, yeah, Dan and Gav. Dan and Gav, yeah. That podcast was scary. I liked it. Most episodes, they look at two different horror movies. Each episode, they look at a world of a strange, where they look at weird things from around the world. Sometimes, they even do special episodes where they look at different genres or directors' discographies and talk about them. Mm, do you have a boyfriend? Maybe. So where can I find the podcast on Haunted Hill? Well, you can go to legionpodcast.com, Facebook, Twitter, or just go into iTunes and search for the podcast on Haunted Hill. So, you gonna ask me out?
PSYOP's theme song. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's called I Want Drugs. It's from the Meat Men. That's their yeah. name. That's nice. I want drugs, though. <laughs> You're not getting any drugs. Give me some fucking drugs. You know what you should give me? What's that? Give me some PSYOP news. Fix, man. Come on, I'm just saying. <laughs> anyway, this story comes from our friend Chris Mounts. It's a boy, Chris. Boy, Chris. This is actually a, an older story that he uh, posted a while ago, but it just works out well for this episode. Air Force uncovered LSD use among airmen guarding nuclear missiles. <laughs> oh, sweet. Ooh, is that me getting a metal rod shoved up my rectum? Yes, and a fear boner probably coming up here pretty soon. Uh, more than a dozen. You, what a fear boner. Yeah, well, you read this story. More than a dozen U.S. Air Force Air men were linked to a drug ring at a base that controls America's nuclear missiles and have pl- faced disciplinary actions. America's a bunch of cunts. Yeah, uh, including court-martial, uh, according to an investigation by the Associated Press. And there's a lot of weighing around. Probably. Uh, military <laughs> investigators cracked the ring in 2016 after one of the service members made the mistake of posting drug-related material on social media. I think that's going in the spank bank. People stop doing that. Oh, oh my God, guys. Fucking A, keep your shit quiet. You'll be fine. Stop doing that. Oh, my God. Nearly <laughs> half the airmen were convicted of using or distributing LSD. Pulling it just to pull it. Pretty much. When <laughs> the Pentagon has stopped screening for a drug test. Why did the government stop screening for LSD and drug tests? It's really hard to do unless you do the traces of the hair from what I hear. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. So they probably stopped screening for that because it... What, what do you think you'd... Though, maybe I have to screen everybody, but if you're guarding the nuclear missiles, you should probably be tested for everything. And also like if you're guarding nuclear missiles, maybe you shouldn't really be playing around with LSD you or probably shouldn't be. mind-altering substances. Yeah, yeah, I mean that too. That giant red mushroom thing that you're trying to pick is the fucking button. Don't push it. <laughs> Shut that no, oh, fuck. fuck. He pushed it. Pulling it just to pull it. No, he pushed it. <laughs> just to push it. <laughs> uh, citing records obtained under Freedom of Information Act, the news service report that the drug ring operated at F.E. Warren Air Force Base just, just outside Cheyenne, Wyoming. Vagina smells like dead body. The, the airmen took the drugs, which also included ecstasy, cocaine, and marijuana during the their off-duty time. Oh, so they did use some marijuana. Yeah. Did they stop testing for that or did they have something to clean it out? I'm, I'm well, I'm pretty sure that's the only thing they actually test for is marijuana. You know, the least harmful one out of the bunch. <laughs> Christ, let's go lick some assholes. Because, you know, paper. Um, anyway. ball. Yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> during their off-duty time, but at least one airman acknowledged that while under the influence of LSD, he wouldn't have been able to respond properly if he had been suddenly called to duty. Oh, tears are good lube. Yeah, I'm going to use them here in a bit. <laughs> Evidence in the airman's cases showed that they did the drugs at state parks or at parties in Denver. This is like traces of death fucked to porno. Fucking Denver's where the party's at. Where a group of <laughs> yeah. Longboarding, where the group went longboarding on the streets after taking LSD. This is not the, the sickness AP. with which I am down. <laughs> you don't want to do any longboarding? Not on LSD. It also includes quotes from some service members who recalled having bad trips and others who said their experiences have been positive. The loving three-way with a corpse? 
That's probably a bad trip. For, I would say that's a positive For, for most people. For you, it's good. That or they just had a bukkake mouth party. Well, for some people, that's okay. But not for most everyone else. I'm advocating corpse fucking here. We know. Uh, minutes felt like hours. Colors seem more vibrant and clear. Airman Kyle S. Morrison is quoted as saying, In general, I felt more alive. It's the erection that counts. Uh, exactly. Uh, but Air Force prosecutors had a different view, saying that taking the hallucinogenic drug can produce paranoia, fear, and panic, unwanted and overwhelming feelings, unwanted life-changing spiritual experiences, and flashbacks. Warren is... All those side effects are also, like, what it's like to live in Trump's America. Yeah, right? <laughs> By the way, all those side effects are also what happens when you take uh, Chantrix, you know, to quit smoking. Just saying. <laughs> all Chantex? Chantex, yeah. Chant Chantix. Chantix. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that... It all also, like, suicidal thoughts. Yeah. Like, yeah. People have fucking killed themselves from that, uh -huh. allegedly. And others. No, there's allegedly. been some suicides. That, suicides? And no, there's, there's been some lawsuits that oh, have yeah. that on record that Warren, that's a thing. Warren is the headquarters of the 20th Air Force, which oversees three missile wings and is responsible for more than four fucking hundred intercontinental ballistic fucking missiles. It's Fuck. going to cost you some serious cock. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I was in charge of all of those missiles. That would be amazing. Then we'd all be dead. Yeah. So shut the fuck up. But then I could run anarchy. You can't run anarchy. You're going to be dead. My HPV will cure what ails you. No, it won't cure 400 intercontinental, intercontinental ballistic missiles. I'll tell you that. For someone who watches a lot of wrestling, yeah, you really struggle with intercontinental. Inter I know, I am. And it's jerk really jerk. weird. It's my favorite title, too. I jerk can't jerk. what's going on. While the personnel there are held to a high standard because of their working uh, securing the ICBMs, the AP notes that the assignments are sometimes seen as backwater. Everyone will be coming on my face. Thank you. <laughs> Um, six of the airmen were convicted of drug offenses in court martials. They're among 14 serving members. Wait, they were convicted? Yep. You can't pay a bail? Well, I could probably fix that for a blowy. Probably. <laughs> uh, these guys should look into that. Shooting a fucking hot load all over this dog. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good I'm blowing point. this dog to show dominance. <laughs> Shooting a fucking hot load all over this dog. And I'm going to fuck it to death. Oh, God. Jesus. <laughs> it goes from jovial to real dark on you real fast. is going to be calling. <laughs> Uh, the most recent and uh, incidents include reported use of narcotics by officers with lunch authority. Holy shit! Uh, and rapid cheating on proficiency exams, which have been seen as both manipulating the promotion process and masking security lapses. Hey, bro, I can't get it up. Uh, all this comes less than five years after the Air Force Number Two Missile Commander, Major General Michael Carey, who led the 20th Air Force, was relieved of command over a drunken, inappropriate behavior while leading security delegation to Moscow. Covered in cum blood. Why would he do that covered in cum blood? I don't know. Sounds weird. That is but odd. I heard about that story. He was uh, really, really, really wanted to see a Beatles cover band at a Mexican restaurant in Moscow. I'm not volunteering for the blood cum. Yes, you would. You blood would. jizz. He would. Blood jizz. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, there you go. So, there you go. There's our... Uh, uh, our uh, crime scene sex. We're all going to die. <laughs> These are the people that are in charge of your well-being and make sure that the missile launches that are supposed to go off. My well-being. The world's well-being. Yeah. But, I was speaking to the world. Oh, my world? I thought you were <laughs> just talking to me. No, I mean, just because you're here, but I I mean, the world is going to hear my voice. Yeah, I, I get it. I just sometimes feel like just talking to me. <laughs> I feel like we have that connection. Well, we do, because we're sitting across the desk from each other, looking yeah. longingly into each other's eyes. No, just give me some of those free fucking drugs. I'm not giving you any fucking well, drugs. Fucker, just give me some fucking drugs. Admit that I can run anarchy. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> well, that's a real Sophie's choice. <laughs>
Mm, what will Matt do? Tune in next week. It's micro penis time. You want to do a little ass play? That's what Matt's going to do. Well, micro penis time. <laughs> padded out the show like Death Wish pads out a movie. And a series. Yeah. <laughs> Death Wish. Some action, mostly filler. Mostly filler. 30, 45% action, 55% filler. <laughs> Which contains 75% circus animal. Some circus animal. <laughs> All right, folks, we're going to take one final break here. We will play a promo for one more podcast we will have a little bit more music and we will close out this crazy fucking show are you sick of the same old stale podcast well then join vanessa and darren as they dissect movies of all kinds the two lifelong cinema lovers bring their favorites curiosities and first-time watches to the operating table and inject them with a healthy dose of snark. Then there's the waiting room, where they examine books and short stories. So just look for them on Apple Podcasts and where fine podcasts are available. They're part of the Legion Podcast Network. Follow them on Twitter at VD Clinic Pod. Join them on Facebook at facebook.com slash groups slash VD Clinic Pod. Or email them at VD Clinic Pod at gmail.com. They're ready to cure what ails you. <laughs> and still, they just might be a little contagious. shit yeah. <laughs> nothing will get you amped up quite like lard yeah and drugs <laughs> uh see once you admit that i can run anarchy you can have all the samples you need full disclosure i may have found where you kept your drugs <laughs> more yeah. full disclosure don't have any more drugs <laughs> all right folks would you please support the show while you sport the show we need some more equipment here and things yeah. are getting real hectic and crazy it's making it harder to do the show for you yeah help us <laughs> please Help us. And plus, you get something out of it because you get merch, man. Yeah, you get merch. You get a t-shirt. Yeah. yeah, and this campaign is still going right now. It's an awesome logo on it. Yeah, or you got two different choices. You can wear the actual album artwork, or you can wear the new logo that my wife designed for us. Yeah. Yeah. Either way. Can't lose. It's great <laughs> logos. Either way. Yeah, and the prints look amazing. I've gotten both versions of the shirts in. Really they look high great. quality yeah. stuff. Yeah, you nice. actually, you can see like yeah. the eye coming through the beam from the projector out of the skull and everything. Like, it looks great. Yeah, I know. Yeah. yeah. I'm actually really and pleased with And I was sober them. when I checked them out, guys. They look great. 
<laughs> you know it's not like drug-induced yeah. stuff. You can find our web store for our merch at teespring.com forward slash stores forward slash cinema dash psyops. You can, of course, find our main landing page for our episodes and all of the things that we have for posting for Legion Podcast. Legionpodcast.com forward slash cinema dash psyops. There's also our Facebook group, Cinema Psyops, which most recently we are now actually being featured as a sort of like cartoon meme that one of our listeners made. I saw that. Yeah, it was you yeah. and, and talking with Vanessa. And yeah. Like they have you being Chris Farley well, I mean, from I'm a, Tommy I'm Boy. A fucking horrendous piece of shit, that thing, but nice. <laughs> Nice. It fits you. Yeah, well, that's that's not that's not a lie. <laughs> you can find Matt on Facebook. He is Matt Psyop. You know what to look for if you found the plank that's yellow and says brutal. If I had to imagine Vanessa and I only just having like a one-on-one conversation, that's pretty much how I imagine it would go. <laughs> I imagine that my one-on-one conversations with Vanessa would just be about how much we lust after Pam Greer. Probably. <laughs> All right, folks, you can also email feedback to Matt, psyopmatt at gmail.com. Send him the news stories directly because he doesn't get any feedback and he's starting to wonder if you love him at all. Do you guys love me? Because I'm starting to think you don't. <laughs> and it makes my heart hurt. It's like and I just he... said that and you're repeating what I said. And my heart hurts all the time. <laughs> You can email feedback to court, cinemasyopscourt at gmail.com, where you can send him money directly. I mean, court doesn't think you love him anymore because you won't send him money directly. Court's a whore. Don't oh, you guys, get it? Guys, and I... the only way for court to be complete is for someone to leave a, some money on a dresser for the cab ride home. Yeah, because right now the cab ride home is the cost of my equipment, and yes. I can't keep replacing the stuff when it goes bad. I mean, right now it's being held together by paper clips, some duct tape, and a piece of chewing gum. <laughs> I He's guy the fuck out of this I, thing. I patched the console with a few strips of bacon. I thought that would work. Yeah, just smell. I don't think it's improved in anything, but it smells delicious in here. <laughs> you can find us on Twitter where you can twit a couple of tweets to a couple of twats. I'm at court underscore psyop, and he is at psyop Matt. Yeah, twat. <laughs> you can tweet us a couple of photos of, uh, I don't know, your favorite shots from Death Wish 4. Yeah, what's your favorite drug? <laughs> <laughs> That's something that Matt would like you to post in the group. And, uh, but don't post photos people stop putting no, that yeah, on social don't put media that shit out there don't post right, it I don't on social be media in trouble for you guys getting arrested <laughs> <laughs> what we're trying to say is don't do drugs kids it'll yeah, kill you it will even the most innocuous thing that you could possibly think of tylenol can kill did, you did you just take some fucking aspirin congrats you're dead and now addicted to drugs <laughs> you're dead and addicted all it takes is one marijuana and the next thing you know you're a homosexual <laughs> So while you're out there flushing all of your drugs, kick the fuck out of this week and make it your bitch.
I'm just gonna let everyone know this. In the spirit of Death Wish 4, the crackdown. I uh, I went ahead and did all my notes. Can we just call it the Krakening? The Krakening? <laughs> yeah. Kraken 2 Electric Boogaloo? We're, no, back in the city. Back in the city. Kraken in the city? Anyway, uh, in uh, in the spirit of this movie, I went ahead and did my notes while very high on miscellaneous drug. So let's get set. <laughs> Hopefully not a lot of stimulants because your heart can't handle that. Whatever. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, we are at Castle Grayskull, and a large pink elephant is talking to... You know what? I'm just going to go ahead and do the notes that I did while sober. <laughs> that joke fell flat. It really did. All right. <laughs> I wasn't giving you anything on it yeah, either. Yeah, I could have no, tried to support out. you. You couldn't even help out. Tonight, the role of Matt will be played by Court. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Is it over yet? I'm so fucking bored. <laughs> I throw you a pity laugh every now and then. You can do the same for me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. See, the sad thing is, is you don't know if that was a pity laugh or not. Uh, I don't care. See, that's the whole thing, though. <laughs> you don't it's care if things are done out of pity as long as you enjoy yourself? <laughs> yep. <laughs> King of the pity lay, ladies and gentlemen. Yep, pretty much. All right, do your notes. We find ourselves in a parking garage, and there is an attempted rape of a young lady by three masked assailants. Gotta love a girl who can take a punch. Jesus Christ, really? Dad, <laughs> what? You are dead inside. <laughs> He can get her hooked on crack and then turn her into his own personal crack whore. Possibly. It'll work. How do you know that? Personal experience. <laughs> How long were you the crack whore for? <laughs> Six, seven years. Oh, Jesus. I'm glad you're clean. <laughs> the wife and I are still ish. together. Clean-ish. <laughs> the wife is, is the wife the drug dealer? <laughs> I look like I've ever done crack, right? Yeah, yeah, I know, right? I can never make the joke that I'm, oh, yeah, I do all the coke. I mean, if you look at me, you can tell I don't do any coke. What you do, it's just the Coca-Cola. Coke, yeah, exactly. Full throttle, Full fucking throttle. all the sugar. All the sugar Coca-Cola. With extra sugar added. I add my own sugar to the Coca-Cola. Because it just ain't sweet enough otherwise. Nope. Nope. And that is our next clip. <laughs> wow, did you even bother writing notes? Yeah, I wrote lots of notes. <laughs> like clip, clip, clip yeah. clip. I mean, they're all clip times, but they're notes. <laughs> Constantly trying to hold back a sniffle. Yeah, yeah. And wiping this fine white powder off his mustache. <laughs> yeah. What's that on your desk? Nothing. <laughs> That's weird. Uh, why are all these white lines on top of a mirror part of your desk? And why is there a hooker slathered over a couch with lines of co uh, with white lines on her ass? Now that just sounds like a fun time. I know, right? That's a party. <laughs> we should be doing that instead of recording this episode. Right? Although I don't know how comfortable I am being in the same room with you and a naked woman while she has cocaine on her ass. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not that sexually open. <laughs> Don't act like that hasn't happened before. Oh, shut up, dude. We weren't supposed to say that. <laughs> this everyone, was before either of us was married. Everyone goes to camp. <laughs> <laughs> Quote, unquote, camp. Yeah. You know what? I, I thought at first he was going to be the hero of the movie. I mean, Jojo, he's handing out special drugs to people. That seems like a nice guy to me. <laughs> You need to sort out your priorities. I probably do. Just because somebody's giving out free drugs doesn't mean they're your friend, Matt. <laughs> when will oh. you learn that? Well, you're giving me free drugs right now <laughs> with a note that says, I'm your only friend. I stick by what I said. <laughs> they like to hate fuck a lot. Yeah, it reminds me of my parents. That's how mommies and daddies talk to each other, Matt. Well, okay, talking to I was more talking about the hate fucking, but okay. Well, that's how mommies and daddies love each other, Matt. No, that's not how they love each other. You all right, buddy? It's perfectly normal. Wait, how do you know how they loved each other? <laughs> Sometimes you need a drink of water and you go to their bedroom to ask. Oh. And maybe they're hitting each other with pipes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Getting hit by a pipe while he's laying some pipe. Is that what's happening? I suppose so. Yeah. That went really dark really, really fast. really did, dude. We brought in pipes and everything. <laughs> I shouldn't talk about the kind of kink I'm into yeah, right. on the air and then project that onto my parents. That's really Freudian. That's projecting. <laughs> That's some seriously Freudian shit. Uh, remember, court safe word, no, don't stop. <laughs> no, that's not at all. Oh, what's your safe word again? Keep going. Keep going. That's right. Keep going. But the same thing. And now my liberal guilt's kicking in. The only thing that's going to fix this is more cocaine. <laughs> Make sure you buy it from a gender non-conforming. <laughs> I buy it. Dealer. From a non-binary white female. I can't be a white female. female you know, because non-binary. Yeah. I buy it from a non-binary entity. I don't even know. It might not even be human. I buy my cocaine from aliens. <laughs> they say their name is Joseph Eaner. <laughs> the fucking really long. There's they, a lot of vowels. They identify as fire truck. <laughs> they, uh, they identify as an Apache attack helicopter. They've always identified as an Apache attack helicopter. Jesus. I've actually heard people say that they identify as fire truck. Ugh. And like an NPR, yeah. like fucking, yeah, I'm sounding old. Uh, Never mind. Let's just yeah, I mean, dude, you, we, could, we could be here all night with that conversation. <laughs> yeah, because once we start talking about NPR, Lord knows we Lord, can't stop. Lord knows you can't stop, man. <laughs> a very sexy gun. It is. I really wish that I could legally own one. Did you want to touch it? Oh, I didn't want to just touch it. You wanted to make sweet love to it? I wanted to cock it till it fired all over the place. <laughs> Did you want it to put a dick in you? No. No? Oh. I wanted to replicate and or replace my own inadequate penis <laughs> by firing it off automatically. <laughs> That's what guns are for, duh. Uh, I'm sorry, I forgot. That's why I love to shoot guns. I thought that's what guns. sports cars were for. But the sports cars are for the guys that are still trying to pick up women. Uh, the guns, guns are for the, for the guys, guys who done. gave up, and they just want to shoot things to feel better about their own masculinity. So mad. Anyway. Coincidentally, uh, we're going to the gun range later. <laughs> Thank God. I'm so angry. I feel so inadequate. <laughs> yeah. I feel like my maleness is fading. Someone give me a grenade launcher. It's my Second Amendment right. <laughs> If we don't stop this crazy carrying out, it's gonna be the death of you. Stop this crazy carrying out, it's gonna be the death of me. It's gonna be the end you see. It's gonna be the death of me. And I feel like I'm gonna die. You know I have the night I feel like I'm gonna die Why, baby, why, why, why I don't feel so good inside But I had a good time You know I had a good night out right I was more talking about the hate fucking What we're trying to say is don't do drugs, kids. It'll it, kill you. It will. <laughs>